Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my discussion and my review of the Black Armory. Ultimately went through the forges and the raid, said it was good content, I liked the structure, loved the raid, loved the final boss fight, but the loot system is pretty lacking. I might actually do a video, I went on a very long rant before this Q&A about ways to improve the loot system and how I believe Onslaught is sort of a picture into where the loot system needs to go with pinnacle rolls, not necessarily with exotics. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I'm probably live right now. I stream 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern, and we just got an exotic in the wild. It's a crimson. Um, so I'm probably live right now. Come hang out, twitch.tv slash rage. Come hang out with us while I do this Q&A and these talks. If you're watching this in those other places or listening to those other places, more than likely you can come in and hang out with me right now. All right? So first question is coming in from MassFam. Do you think the Monarch needs a PvE buff already? Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, from everything I've heard, I heard Error did a video on it from Redeem and that it's just not strong at all. Like, it doesn't even... Any any energy weapon with Dragonfly is basically stronger than the Monarch. So, you know, you use a, a Nation of Beasts, especially since you can put a Dragonfly mod on a Nation of Beasts, and it'll probably feel stronger. So, thank you for the brand new sub, Drob and DSG Silent. Thank you guys for those brand new Prime subs. I appreciate you using your Prime subs here. So, yeah, probably needs a buff. Probably needs some treatment to make it, you know, more viable. Just given that there are other weapons that aren't exotic that basically uh, outshine it. Um, and the Monarch has, has kind of clued me into flaws and deficiencies in the weapon system that I'm going to do talks on. So I don't want to, I don't want to waste all my good argumentation here. I'll do another video about that. Been hanging out here for a while. Time to give you some love. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, D Rob, uh, D Mulvey says, do you think Titan exotics are the most broken one eyed mask and Ursa in particular? I mean, Gwisinvest was broken, but I think they patched it right where you could basically stay in spectral blades for forever. Uh, I'm fairly certain that was it. You guys are probably going to get to see a much better sampling of Onslaught at this stage of the Forge because there's just such a constant flow of enemies. And because of the Rampage spec mod, I'm having a much easier time keeping Rampage 3 up. Uh, Even there, I kept it on that guy at that distance and at that TTK on him. Uh, I still, I'm still at Rampage times three. Might even be able to get off this. Yes, kept Rampage times three off the Cyclops. This is why Onslaught is such an important perk. It really highlights what they need to do with a lot of weapons and archetypes to make them more uh, worthy of your pursuit. So, yeah. Shards of Galanor is is silly and broken in mayhem and... You know, Orpheus Rig is super, super influential influential in PvE. I mean, I, I don't like getting into the is this broken or that broken thing with Crucible. I know One-Eyed Mask frustrates people, but at the same time, you know, it's one of those things where if the guy wins the gunfight and then gets his health reset and an overshield for the next gunfight, I think the main reason people don't like it is they're re-entering lanes and the wall hacks are making them, you know, kind of get wrecked. So, I, I would say that maybe not focus on the ones that are OP, but maybe focus on other ones that maybe aren't strong enough. I don't know. I I don't like getting into the OP discussions with exotics because 
I love exotic armor to feel strong, and PvP tends to ruin everything that feels strong. <laughs> no offense to the PvP crowd, but they tend to cry and whine about stuff, and then I don't. Then it's not as strong for me. It happened with Sleeper in Gambit, which that's essentially the same mindset, right? It's an exotic. It's too strong. Oh my gosh, nerf it! And it's like, thanks. Now one of the best weapons in the history of Destiny has been made weaker because in one game mode and in one instance, it was too strong. Invasion in Gambit, right? That was the only reason they nerfed Sleeper. They didn't nerf Sleeper for any other reason. So, uh, you know, I'm always hesitant to talk about nerfs. Like, people got on my case because I talked about nerfing Ikelos Shotgun, but really when I talked about the prevalence of Ikelos Shotgun, it really came down to the prevalence and the, the over-efficiencies of high-rate-of-fire shotguns and the weakness of fusions and snipers. That's mainly uh, the issue. So... JDXL, what do you think about exotic drop rates? Uh, I personally find it a little bit too low. I've actually gotten this question quite a bit lately, and my response has been, I want to see them, I want to see them give you an exotic, like, potential drop each week, like, kind of like they do with the Prime, and then I would like to see it do a check every Tuesday. Every Tuesday it checks, and if you didn't get an exotic last week, you have a better chance this week. So they're still rare. They should be rare, right? But I, when I look at how they do the Nightfall and the Escalation Protocol drops, like every time you don't get one, you have a higher chance of getting one. I think that's a pretty good way of keeping stuff rare, keeping the pursuit. You want the pursuit to feel healthy. You don't want it just to feel like a transaction of time, right? Um, but I do think I do think that they could do something to protect you from really, really long stints of bad luck where you just cannot get an exotic to drop. Each week, it's like, hey... You didn't get one last week. I would even be okay with the fact that you could maybe get one ex- one, ex- one exotic a week. Uh, I just got Feeding Frenzy Kill Clip with Drop Mag, Reload, Spec, uh, uh, Reload Masterwork on this pulse. Oh my gosh. Um, we're going to have to take that for a spin. Uh, we're going to have to take that for a spin. I really want Rampage though. I really think Rampage with Feeding Frenzy makes the most sense. I think it makes the most sense because of the keeping Rampage alive with Feeding Frenzy is if you've seen me use my Warden's Law, um, which by the way, I don't know if you guys were watching uh, that the breakneck was so good for that, for that forge. It was so good for that forge. It felt really nice, didn't it? KMJ613 with a brand new Prime sub. Thank you for using your Prime sub here. Lots of people subbing today with Prime. Thank you for doing that. Um, Yeah, that's my answer to the exotics. Check every Tuesday. Your drop rate goes up. And again, maybe one a week I'm okay with again. You get the little prime buff, an exotic buff would be cool too, one a week. You know, random rolls on armor, and then, you know, how infrequently and how, how often you, you get double, you know, drops on stuff. Um, I don't know. It'd be nice if that wasn't so common. Juicebox, Lono, you have always been a proponent for the casual. Do you think five to six hours to unlock both forges is a big stream for the, por- the, the person who doesn't have dozens of hours uh, to pl- a week to play? When trying to decide how to spend my playtime, I just don't care about the forges. Listen, the biggest problem with the forge isn't that they require you to do stuff to get in. It's that the stuff that they require you to do is tedious. Waiting for public events and stuff like that. Uh, Extinguish on a mission? Like, okay, then put freaking matchmaking in there. Like, what if somebody goes in by themselves or doesn't have anybody to play with? Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's not necessarily the length of time. It's the things they have you doing. If it was just, hey, go do a public event on EDZ. Hey, go do a public event on Mars. And you could kind of just go through that. It wouldn't be so bad. I also think it should be account-wide. I think it should be account-wide. Um, now, I'm never going to argue this quest takes too long 
poor poor casuals you got to remember what this is it's drip feed content it's meant to be something that you don't just do one done bamp you're out right waiting for minotaurs was a pain i'm going to give you a big tip right now on how to farm the minotaurs if you're listening to this or you're watching release is an adventure on nessus it's called release go there activate that you go underneath this area there's four minotaurs you kill and it's a darkness zone let the remaining ads kill you do it again it's really fast and really easy you're welcome i forget who told me about it but it's great <laughs> it's great um yeah, so, but again, Juicebox's question gets at an issue that is dangerous, right? If you make new content so difficult, uh, so inaccessible, then you run the risk. That reload with Feeding Frenzy and Drop Mag is silly. You run the risk of people losing interest over time, right? Eventually, they're going to be like, yep, I don't really care about your stupid forge. I can't get the dumb thing open. Um, you don't want You don't want to strain the interest of the player, right if you strain the interest of the player to the breaking point that's why they had to speed up leveling to 600 that is why they had to speed up leveling to 600 you you were not going to get you were just not going to keep people's interest so yeah drop mag without uh feeding frenzy is pretty nice and then with feeding frenzy it's it's even nicer site is awful i actually like that site what's the other one that we have we have a lens that's like really slow on the handling though. What do I gain by putting the lens on? Yeah, I hurt handling, but I gain range. I actually like this site personally. Everybody's a little different in their opinions, obviously, but I think it's a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice site. Let me try it on a whole group here and see what we can see. I think we're supposed to be getting multi kills with this thing. Yeah, we are. And now we'll get we'll get seeds at the end. Perfect. Um. Next question, Demon Digits. Uh, what are your top three quality of life updates you would like to see put in the game? One for me is applied shaders to all armor at the same time. That would be good on the subject of shaders. On the subject of shaders, I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see them say, "Hey, um, we know you like this shader. It kind of applies kind of crappy to this to this piece of loot. You can rotate the shader by pushing a button, so it rotates the application." There's nothing worse than seeing than seeing a, a piece a shader with like black and red, and then it covers your it covers your guardian in red, and then black is the highlights. And you're like, dude, this would be so sexy if it covered my guardian in black and it made the highlights red. I think that would be such an easy win that once you've applied the shader, you can rotate it. So like for example, you could go into your shaders. You know how you like go in and you preview it on the on the guardian. If you go in and preview it on the Guardian and you don't like the way that it looks, let's just let's just use a shader as an example right now. Let's use one that there's high contrast on. Endless Glory, okay? So that's a lot of red and that's a lot of white with almost no black and no blue. Well, if I clicked up here to rotate it, it would rotate the application. So maybe the red and white would swap. Maybe the red and the white would would swap, but one of them would become the black or the gray or the blue, right? It would rotate the shader. You could rotate the shader, so that would take it to be four different color applications for the same shader. That would give you personalization, because sometimes you're like, oh, this shader is so dope, and you put it on a gun or a piece of armor, and you're like, 
I don't want it to look like that. I love Endless Glory, but when it's mostly blue and red, you look like Spider-Man or like a Spider-Man Lego, you know, set. Like, I don't like that. But if I could rotate it to minimize the presence of blue, you know what I mean? And yeah, and somebody's saying in chat, some shaders don't even make sense. They literally don't even make any sense. Like when you apply them, you're like, wait, why is that the main color? Why is there no red? You know, why is it all yellow? A lot of times you don't really even, it doesn't even make sense how it applies. I think rotating shader would be a great quality of life change. I don't know how difficult that would be, but it would add more personalization. Um, You know, other quality of life updates. I think the forges should be, you should be able to match make from the director. Making me drive all the way to the backside of some place and then I push a button and then guess what happens when I push that button? It initiates matchmaking. Why in the blue frick can I not do that from the director? Now, I know they said before that doing matchmaking for public spaces, like when we asked for it for Escalation Protocol and the Blind Well, they made it sound like it was kind of tough to do. So maybe that's why they're making us drive there first. I don't know. Maybe it does something with the instancing or something. To me, I feel like they're wasting server power. You have to instance me in. You have to find an instance for me. Then I leave that instance right away, right? I have to wait all this time to connect to whoever's in the main instance at Artifact's Edge or the other one. And then once I get instance in, then then I um, then I drive through another one. I drive through another instance. Then I go all the way back and drive into the forge itself. And then once I'm in the forge itself, I leave that instance. I, I leave it. I go into matchmaking. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like I don't understand why they're wasting whatever amount of server power. Whatever the I, I'm assuming they use listen servers to get you in there because it's peer to peer. I, it makes no sense to me. I, I'm not on the back end of Bungie though, so it probably makes sense to them. Let us let us match make into the forges from orbit. Um, uh, bu- 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 another quality of life that I would make right now is stop making us go see Ada, because console load times are abysmal. I'm on PC and it makes me want to pull my hair out, and my my load times with a, with with my really strong gaming rig and SSD hard drives like. I still hate this, and I'm getting in probably three to four times faster than you are on console. I, my heart hurts for the console players doing this grind. You probably spend, after a two-hour session, you probably spend a fourth of your time not playing. You're just in orbit. You're in loading screens and stuff, and that's too, that's that's terrible. That's a terrible way to treat your community while they're grinding. That needs changed, like, tomorrow. That 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 is not good for this grind. Because most of the player base is on console, and you're making them sit in loading screens. You're making them sit on freaking like, in orbit. <laughs> so. And somebody in chat saying, I got an SSD for my PS4 just to have more my time back. Yeah, you just, they need to change that. I would change that before anything else, really. That needs changed, like, immediately. Estimated Profit says, what if instead of masterworking individual guns, your guardian could be masterworked for specific weapons, like a skill that would automatically give you the bonus? Just a thought, but it would alleviate some of the material economy problems. Milky had this idea this morning in the mod chat in Discord. He said, what if you, as a hunter or as a whatever, what if you were better with certain weapons? So if you had all three characters, you were kind of looking for pinnacle versions of each weapon for that character. Like, let's say a hunter is really good with hand cannons, but he's not so good with shotguns. He's, he, he, he can use a shotgun, but he doesn't get, like, a bonus. Right? Maybe he gets a bonus when he uses a hand cannon and, like, a synergy, right? A hand cannon and a fusion or something. Hand cannon and a sniper. Make snipers less garbage, obviously. What you're getting at is kind of the same idea. There were proficiencies in Borderlands 1. The more you used certain weapons, the more you, like, your your percentages, I think, would go up with them. Like, you'd get, you'd get more. 
Um, yeah, I think it was like your crit stuff went up. Uh, I forget what else went up. I'm gonna use uh, a hand cannon for that one, and I'm switching back uh, to hammers. I might be able to actually get some kills. Super one. So that, yeah, I, I, I think what you're getting at is kind of neat. I don't know if you're ever going to see this kind of an investment system in Destiny, though. This feels like something from another video game. It feels kind of like Borderlands 1. No. We the people. Considering how we have to go into both PvE and PvP for things now, what do you expect the last word quest to entail? Also, do you think it'll be viable or will it just be another exotic shell because there are too many god tier ones already? Well, you got to remember, somebody brought up a good point this morning. Sometimes exotics aren't made for for Lono. (laughs) Sometimes exotics are made for real crafty, right? It's made for somebody who plays PvP. It's made for the PvP environment. And the last word more than likely will be like that. I mean, as good as the last word was in its heyday, people weren't using it in PvE, right? You use it in PvP. I would imagine they're going to bring it back to its former glory. Um... It would be an enormous mistake, and Bungie has made mistakes before, and they know this. I mean, we all have, right? Everybody's made mistakes. It'd be a pretty Mount Everest-sized mistake to dangle the last word in front of the community, trickle out its launch date all the way to January, and have it be crap. Uh, That would be a bumble. That would be an enormous bumble. That would be like when the quarterback for the Jets ran into his own player and fumbled and the other team scored. I mean, that's a mistake. (laughs) I can't imagine them doing that. I cannot imagine them doing that. Um, So let's pray they don't do that. Oh, I could have hit the flag. Um, I'm going to go back and hit the flag for more heavy. So craft going to wreck. Yeah, I mean, going to get that last word out and then uh, I'm too late. Sad times. Sad times. Gonna get that last word in a sniper and bring it back. Jesse's gonna bring it back. Lord Givens. What are your thoughts on Destiny's cosmetics currently? As far as potential transmog, gear perks, ETC, what do you think do you think we have a problem? I I'm gonna keep pushing back on transmog, and I know people are gonna be like, why do you care, Lono? Just let people look how they wanna look. I still think if you get a piece of raid gear from the raid. Um making a pair of hand like a pair of gauntlets from like the EDZ look like the raid gauntlets just because like the gauntlets from the EDZ drop at the right perks I just don't like that but what I am a fan of and this basically gives you what you want and I think keeps the game's identity intact and it uses an existing system infusing perks would be nice right I get a piece of raid gear and I love the way they look and maybe I have to invest in them to unlock uh, perk infusion. Maybe I have to masterwork the gauntlets. And when I masterwork the gauntlets, I can now infuse a perk into them. So I get a pair of gauntlets from the EDZ. I'm like, these suck, but they have hand cannon reloader. I infuse the perk. I'm still using the gauntlets from the raid, and they look like they're from the raid, and I like that. I don't want that going away. But I got hand cannon reloader on it because I, I invested into masterworking it making it perk infusible, and then I infuse the perk into it. Make it costly. Make it costly. I'm a fan of that, and I think it gives you what you want if you want transmog, because then you're like, I love the way these these gauntlets look, but man, the the freaking roll I got is absolutely terrible. No worries, you can make the roll better over time. Yeah, it was Sanchez. It It was, oh, I said the Jets. It was the Eagles, wasn't it? 
It was the Eagles. I'm sorry. I'm gonna get comments in my in my YouTube about that. I thought it was the Jets when he did that. Oh, it was the Jets. Jets versus Pats. Yo, oh, yeah. Oh, it was the Jets at the time. Okay, I thought it was. I was like, oh man. Oh no. Lono made a sports mistake. He's gonna get. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get all the corrections in the in the comments. <laughs> uh, funny. Okay. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so that's my idea for getting you transmog without calling it transmog. Double scoped gaming says, "What changes and additions do you hope you make? They make the gambit in season of the drifter." All right, here's my here's my really really unlikely hope. I hope the pinnacle version of gambit doesn't have PvP. I hope it's just really freaking ball crushingly tough, like a like a nightfall or something. That's what I hope for Season of the Drifter Pinnacle Gambit. I don't want to play Gambit against other people. I'm probably not going to get my wish. Uh, thank you, Jakaria, for two months. It's good to be back. Thank you for, for resubbing. Okay, that's that's one wish. If I don't get my wish, then they need to completely change Invasion, uh, and they need to completely change the boss fights. The boss fights should be like the meatball, where there's mechanics, and there's better back and forth. Now, if you do boss fights like the meatball with better back and forth, you have to lower the interval at which people can invade. They can invade way too often. Even even without the mechanics, invading during the primeval section can be incredibly frustrating at how often uh, people are able to invade. It's just it's too often during primeval. Uh, invasion needs completely retooled. There should be three relics that you pick from whenever you go to invade. One should be a melee relic, and you're kind of tanky and harder to kill because you have to use it as a melee. One should kind of resemble or simulate what you can do with like 1k voices and queen breakers, like strong, powerful, and from range. Depending on the relic you pick, the wall hack, the wall hack should behave totally differently. If you pick the melee one, you see people all the time. You literally see them through the wall, like the red outline of the character if you pick the melee one. If you pick the long range, really strong one, you're not quite as strong. You're a little bit easier to kill. Uh, you still, you still can, you still can take maybe a shot or two from range of you know most weapons, so that you can't get uh, absolutely decimated as soon as you go over. Um, and then I don't know. You could do a generic. You could do like a generic, maybe an explosive relic that launches like a rocket or something. Maybe it launches a Siva charge. Okay. If you do that, then you can tweak and nerf. The, the strength of the guardian you can tweak and nerf the strength of the relic you can tweak and nerf how the wall hack works in accordance with in accordance with the relic that they take over right what this does is it leaves all of our precious weapons alone we're gonna play nerf whack-a-mole dude they're just gonna be nerfing every gun that turns out to be the best at invasion if they keep nerfing stuff they nerfed sleeper and achieved literally nothing by doing that they need to undo the nerf on sleeper for frick's sake because queen breakers is way worse way worse and if they nerf that everybody's going to use 1k if they nerf 1k everybody's going to use crooked fangs if they nerf crooked fangs everybody's going to use thunderlords if we play nerf whack-a-mole with gambit it's just going to slowly gut the entire power fantasy that we finally have back okay that's why relics are the key relics keep them from touching any of the weapons and then wall hacks and the health of the invader can be adjusted accordingly like what are you requiring me to do with the invasion relic right so if you do it this way the reason this is so good is invasion becomes 
challenging but rewarding if you get good at it. Right now, the problem with invading is invading literally turns the tide of a game and it's so freaking easy, right? I've always made the parallel to Trials. If you watched Wish You Luck or Crafty or Grenader Jake win a 3v1 in Trials, it was hugely influential over the course of that game. Like, they just won a round because he clutched a 3v1, right? That had a huge influence over the flow of Trials and over whether or not they won that game, you know, to, to move on on their card. And it required an enormous amount of strength and skill. The amount of skill and strength and intelligence it takes to get a two, three, or four-person wipe in Gambit is can you aim and hold a, and, and shoot? That's pretty much it. Everyone goes over. I mean, people that aren't even that good will readily admit to you. They're like, something's wrong if I go over and get team wipes as often as I'm doing. It's too easy, okay? The last thing they would need to change, the last thing they would need to change is... You should either spawn and be invisible for like a little bit to get your bearings and hide, or you should spawn randomly. Right now, there's a couple of places you can stand and look. You can literally kill the person as soon as they as soon as they invade, and that would and that would really hurt my system because if my system seeks to make invasion less of a threat and a little bit more of a challenge, the problem with that would be people that just camp the invasion spot and they just kill you as soon as you get in there. So that would need to be tweaked as well. I won't share your secret spots. Don't worry, Milo. So, that's my long, huge flyover that if you're familiar with my content, I'm sorry you had to hear it one more time, but I did it for the people that maybe haven't heard it yet. Dark Bablino says, will the content be available even after the season of the Forge? Yes, these are these are permanent fixtures in the game that aren't going anywhere. They're not, they're not going to go anywhere. They're not going to get rid of them. Uh, they're permanent fixtures in the game that will enable you to kind of always grind them. That's what they're doing is they're just creating more rhythms and pockets in the game for you to chase things. And uh, I may have needed, oh, I needed one more shoot. We don't have enough modular reports. Um, get a ballistics log, but that doesn't do me any good this week. Um, if we defeat a forged saboteur, shoot. It's the only problem with this grind is the modulus reports. You, know, I think you should get more from a forge clear. Uh, Red Katana, what are your thoughts on, as of now, only having two weapon frame options for a specific forge per week? I would understand having a featured forge where you can get your two powerful drops, but I feel having some way to grind for the other non-powerful four weapons would be nice. I touched on this. I think maybe it's been that way because they're introducing the forge. Right? So that when they introduce a forge, when they introduce a forge, you are grinding for those weapons that week. And then maybe next week when they're no longer introducing forges, the rotation will change. I said there should be three weapons a week, one from each forge. Right? If there's three weapons a week, one from each forge, then if you really want the auto rifle and it's the week for Volunder to be the, the, the machine gun... Well, tough, man. You got to wait till next week. Kind of like the Nightfall grind. There's that rhythmic urgency. You know, one week it's the auto rifle and the hand cannon and the bow. And then the next week it's the machine gun, the sniper rifle, and the pulse. Like, they just rotate. They just alternate each week. I don't think you're going to walk up to her and be able to pick from all of them. I think they're going to keep them keep them on a rhythm but the rhythm intervals could be better suited for player volition to not be frustrated 
especially when maybe one week you have a ton of time to play and it's the wrong week and then the next week it's the right week but you're not able to play and then you gotta you know what I'm saying you can get in a really bad rhythm with the game sometimes where you know oh man I really want the the auto rifle well the auto rifle's on this week well I'm out of town shoot and then you come back and now you gotta wait another two weeks again and you waited two weeks for that time to come out and by that time it's been five weeks right the rotation should be uh, quicker I do agree with you uh, Cag Slayer, how do you think that Bungie could roll out the Drifter expansion to mitigate the amount of community distress towards the new expansion type content releases? Well, like, right. I mean, if you if if people are worried about the how they're they're bringing this out, right? Because I mean, obviously, Black Armory had its own had its issues. It it you know was uh, it was rough. It was a rough start, right? Well. I don't necessarily know how they could change that in Gambit because I don't know what's coming. But what I would say on the outset is why not why not have something day one for people to just mess around with? I would say difficulty difficulty structure is going to be the win. So day one of Gambit, there's something you can do, but it's like it's at like we're all getting the 650 right now. So day one of Season of the Drifter, you just bump the power level to 700. Great, but that day one, you've got stuff for me to do at 650. It's not that rewarding, but I get to experience it. It's not that bad. And then I start working on the grind to 700. If they add some of the intentionality and some of the things I've talked about to make your leveling not so painful, the journey from 650 to 700 is not that bad. And then you again make it easy for people that aren't 650 yet. They should be able to hit 650 like that. The old cap doesn't matter anymore. They could do that with the forges right now. A 600 difficulty, a 625, and a 650. Like, that would be really, really good. So that way, anybody coming into this season has an entry point, a midway point, and then, like, the hard, hard difficulty at the end. Um, I think that would be good. Uh, Zam27, what is the best energy shotgun for PvP? For PvP, the best energy shotgun, if you get a good roll on a Badlander, um, I know a lot of people are using the Kinetic, the Dust Rock Blues, or the Chaperone, but the Badlander can roll and get you can get a really good roll on it. Um, I know the Retold Tail is really good, but you can't get, you can't really grind for that one. Oh, the Mindbender, yeah. If you can grind for the Mindbender when it's the Nightfall, that can roll really, really strong for PvP. You can't, there's, it's hard to intentionally grind for the Retold Tail, which is another reason why Bungie needs to add, like, uh, gear drop rhythm to the game. Every week, you should be able to go to Petra and be like, what, what's the, what's the focus this week? So one week you can buy a, vi- a, a waking vigil bounty from her. You grind the Dreaming City and you get a waking vigil. Do it again, do it again, do it again. Exactly what we're doing with Ada and you do it with every NPC. So the week that Petra has a bounty for the retold tale, you could grind like an insane person to get a great retold tale. Like every time this comes up, I get more excited about the potential for them taking the situation that Ada brings and bringing it to every NPC. The Drifter, Zavala, Shax, all of them should have a weekly gun that you can basically grind for by buying a bounty from them. Like, that just should be a thing. I don't know why it's not, honestly. It could, I mean, it could very, very easy, um, be very easy to add that since they did it with Ada. Mr. DeBergi says, Lono, with all the new weapons from the Forge, should the focus be placed on what to do with them? 
PvP is fairly boring across the board, and the strike playlist is the same. I've recently played some D1 strikes in comparison. It's saddening. Solo player question. I mean, your question is, should the focus be placed on what to do with them? Well, no, because I don't want paternalism in the game. I don't want them to be like, that's the big problem with the debate right now about the the grind and the and the infusion cost, right? As I serendipitously get an infusion core, an enhancement core, whatever you want to call them, uh, masterwork core. That big debate is people saying, oh, here's how you should play. Play like me. I don't have a problem getting enhancement cores. Play like me. Leveling wasn't that hard, right? So they don't make an argument in defense of the system. They just act like the system's fine how it is because it didn't affect them, which is precisely the problem. You're arguing, they argue for pain points that aren't pain points for them. So they admit they're not a pain point for them and insist on pain points for the rest of the community. Good for you. I guess you have more stuff to stream. Uh, <laughs> but as far as being told like how to go use them, I don't know. Now you could do a, you could have done a questing thing where after we got the auto rifle and the machine gun, maybe the next forge had us using the auto rifle and the machine gun. I don't know, right? It I don't I don't necessarily know though if that's the issue, right? Oh, I'm bored. What am I supposed to do with these guns? Like basically the stronger the guns are, the cooler you feel, but then like that kind of still keeps you in the end game content. You're running the forge with your new weapon loadout. You're running the raid with your new weapon loadout, gambit, whatever. That's why the rhythmic the rhythmic grind would be so important because there would always be maybe a new version of a new gun or a new perk or something you could chase after, and the previous pinnacle things that you chase were helping you do that. You're always going to get to a point where there's nothing left for you to care about. Like that just happens in any game. So pretending like that's somehow a fault on the design, like obviously we hit those we hit those levels a lot faster during the year 1 of Destiny 2. But I don't think that's a reason for them to restructure the content, though, because you are naturally going to hit those points where you're like, I don't have anything really worth chasing right now. Um, so I don't necessarily know. I mean, the strikes in D1, I, I trying to argue that those were those were better, more exciting than these strikes. I mean, no, that's not true. The community consistently complained about how boring strikes were in D1 because it was. Get out your ghost, stand here, here comes waves of enemies. Get out your ghost, stand here, here come waves of enemies. Uh, almost no mechanics at all was, was present in D1 strikes. Like, I don't know, I think sometimes people just, nostalgia blinds you to the to the the fact that the, the content was good, but it wasn't necessarily uh, better, <laughs> you know? Uh, two switch. We were discussing earlier about how the monarch is a little disappointing as an exotic. What do you think about adding something similar to Archer's Tempo uh, into the exotic perk of the weapon to make it a little bit more interesting? I don't want to. I don't want to try and argue on how to retool the gun. I mean, the 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 bow. I don't think Archer's Tempo solves the problem that I was getting at, right? Let's say you add Archer's Tempo and it makes it a little bit faster, basically, and so you feel a little bit more efficient with it. Does it still feel like it's an exotic? 
does it feel like it's meeting a significant pain point? Like right now, I have on Skull 4. So I can do this. I can slam the ground, get a kill, and my slam comes back. Okay? So there is a there is a noticeable and tangible difference in the way I'm playing the game. The perk is making me feel stronger and cooler and creating, you know, creating a difference in my playstyle, right? Nothing on that bow changes your playstyle other than the fact that you're using a bow. You can use any bow and that affects your playstyle. It affects kind of where you stand and how you kind of let the arrows fly. An archer's tempo rampage or uh, just a bow with dragonfly is basically better than the monarch. That's the problem. It's not like, oh, if you suddenly had archer's tempo, the gun would be more viable. Like, that's not really even the issue. The issue is that it doesn't meet the paint. Like, it doesn't do what an exotic should do. That's a problem in general. The sunshot doesn't do that. That you know, none of the exotic, none of the exotic weapons in the game, for the most part, unless it's a powerful weapon, none of them actually change your gameplay in a significant way to where they feel exotic and they feel worth using. The only exotics that really feel like worth using, based on power alone, are the are powerful weapons. So when you, as soon as you put on an energy or a kinetic exotic, you feel that sense of like, I don't have the strength that I had before. So, and that's just a problem in general. That's why I said, just watch. I think Onslaught on the breakneck is a picture into the future of the weapon system and how they're going to more adequately, more adequately incentivize your grind. And it's not through lackluster, more lackluster exotics. Like that's not the way. That is not the way. I think there's there's a better way forward, and the breakneck with onslaught and trench barrel are a picture into where I believe things are going. Um, all friended up. I think we should go back to intellect, discipline, and strength. Make recovery, resilience, masterworks for armor, uh, scrap mobility, scrap mobility, and add wisdom, luck for drops for more powerful drops uh, at a higher rate. Mobility can simply be a mod. Thoughts? I mean, it's it's always suggestions like this that I'm just going to kind of shrug at. Number one, they're not, Bungie's not doing this. I'm going to tell you right now. This could be the best idea we've ever heard of, and Bungie's not going to do this. They Number one, they don't have the time. Number, number two, I don't think this translates into a giant net benefit for the player base, the grind, or longevity, or value. These, this this results in a marginal difference in the player experience. And do you know how much work this would take? This would this is enor- this is an enormous undertaking. You're talking about an entire system of armor and perks on armor and timers and and and, and, and when you <laughs> excuse me when you get your abilities, all of that needs completely retooled. Not to mention you have perks that become useless the minute you do this. I. This is just the way that it goes. Yeah, sure, mobility's crap. I'll, I'll give you that. I don't. I, to this day, I don't know why they don't make it to when you boost mobility, you run really fast. I, I, I don't understand. Like, okay, so if I put on this lightweight frame bow, I feel faster. Midnight Coup does the same thing. Why doesn't mobility do that? <laughs> I don't understand. So, like, I'm not necessarily saying you have a bad idea. I just think you have an idea that's almost completely and utterly unlikely to show up. It just isn't going to show up. Um, Now, that doesn't mean that they can't consider that for Destiny 3 with a... 
we kind of gutted a system that that had better potential in D1, um, and and you know, and now and now we don't have that. I'm gonna run this one again for the seeds and the kills because we're we're in that weird rhythm where I run out of modulus reports. So, uh, Azark Azark Krell. Do you think that Destiny would ever bring back Sparrow Racing as more of a public thing, or would they keep it a private match if they ever brought it back? It's never coming back. <laughs> it's never coming back. Uh, and it has to do with a lot of the things I just said. They are doing everything they can to give us drip feed, end game, hobby centered content, and SRL is none of that. None of that. None of that. Now, all friended up. Let me loop back to your question, all friended up. I liked the old system better. When I had max discipline and I ran Starfire Protocol and Wrath of the Machine and we slammed the plates every time and I threw fusion grenades so fast that people in chat were like, what are you doing? How are you doing that? That was awesome. I do prefer the old way. I just don't think we're going to go back anytime soon. So, um, But yeah, Sparrow Racing is just not going to come back. Sparrow Racing does not fit into the into the philosophy of content delivery right now. Their plan and their philosophy about how to feed us content, Sparrow Racing doesn't fit in that. Nothing wrong with fun. It just is it, it that's all that's a bunch of development time on nothing. It's on, it's on nothing. Come on, be honest with me. You you would let's just be honest. If Sparrow Racing was a main fixture in this game, it would basically become like people asking for space battles. And get all this engagement up front, and then nobody would touch it. Because it just isn't, it isn't Destiny. Destiny is shooting, looting, and shooting. That's what Destiny is. So, I liked SRL. If there was an easy way for them to flip a switch and give us everything, all the SRL stuff from D1, and just say, hey, we know you guys like this. None of this is new. The courses are the same. The armor is the same. Here you go. I, I think people would probably be okay with that, and I'd be okay with that. I don't want a single minute of time at Bungie headquarters spent on SRL, because that doesn't get us anywhere. SRL doesn't bring Destiny 2 forward. SRL doesn't create longevity of grinder value. It's just hokey and fun. And we miss it, and we raise money for St. Jude with it, but it ain't. it just isn't needed. It just isn't needed. And there's just more... I think there's just more pressing issues and more things that Bungie can be focusing on and that ain't it. That ain't it. So I want I want, you know, forges to have difficulty levels. I want, you know, uh the haunted forest to come back and be a main fixture in the game with a cool loot grind and cool bosses that rotate each week. I want Escalation Protocol to get repurposed with new weapons and new bosses and a new grind each week. Like I want them to take the pockets of the game that are already there and invest in them so that we get we get that that sense that there's always something out there kind of on the horizon or you know coming next week that I could chase and get you know and get a better version of. I want loot you know, loot on the horizon. How you living, hotshot? We got guns on the horizon. Get out there and bank those moats. Like, that's what I want. I want people to feel that pull of there's always, always something to chase. That's destiny. That's destiny. SRL is, it just isn't in the, it is in the cards right now. And I wish it was. I wish it was. Like, don't we all wish that was where we were? Don't we all wish that, like, 
you could you could have so much to do that you'd be like, nah, yeah, it's fine, Destiny. Just give us SRL. You don't need to make any substantive content. Like, wouldn't that be a great place to be? <laughs> wouldn't that be a great place to be, right? So. Next question from Arsbell says, do you think that the Forge and Raid armors and weapon looks close to each other and you think they overlap each other despite that the Forge ones, you can farm the role you want and the Raid doesn't have Raid-specific roles? I mean, you can always farm the role you want from each. Like, you only get one armor drop per week from the Forge, which is weird. Um, I'm not really sure why. That might even be a glitch. There's a part of me that feels like that's an oversight. Like, the armor is supposed to be dropping as well. I don't really understand why you wouldn't uh, have the armor dropping. Um, that's that's weird to me. Uh, one armor drop a week. I mean, unless they're rotating the armor. I don't know. I don't know. Unless they're rotating the armor and saying you can have a full set after you know a month or so. I'm not actually sure. Do you got? We are we all getting the same armor piece each week? I feel like I got all helmets last week. Is it? Is everybody getting marks this week? I don't think it does that. I don't think it's that intelligent. I think it's just random armor. Um, now, do I think they overlap? I mean, all the forge stuff is related. The symbols and the forge stuff—it's in—it's in the raid. It's all—it's all—it's all there. So, yeah, people are saying in chat they got different items. So. Mac, uh, Mac twenty ninety nine says, with the issue being, why run an exotic that isn't heavy? Could the fix just be making legendary heavies much better? That way you don't feel like you have to run exotic heavies. Uh, that and make the catalyst really overpower the kinetic and energy exotics, not slight bumps to stats. Um, yeah, I'm going to say a couple of things to this. First and foremost, I'm going to do a whole talk on this because I think it's an actual, it's another pretty far-reaching problem. Uh, kind of like my energy weapon video. I think this is a pretty big problem uh, in the weapon pool uh, right now. The other thing I'm going to say is legendary heavies suck real bad. Uh, I think swords should be energy weapons. Give them a ton more ammo and then and then take their take their power down. Turn them into major busters and they'd make a great replacement for uh, high rate of fire shotguns. So swords should be uh, energy weapons and they should have you can lower their damage a little bit and then you give them way more ammo. Uh, grenade launchers need, at their current damage output, grenade launchers need twice the ammo that they can carry right now. So instead of having a grenade launcher with five in the mag and six on reserve, I should have five in the mag and probably 15 on reserve, right? So I can reload the gun three times, four total mags. That's twice what you, you know, what we have right now. That would make grenade launchers, the trade would be kind of like when you trade to a machine gun, right? A machine gun does damage more drawn out over time, and because it does damage drawn out over time, the only way that works is by giving you a ton of ammo, right? So, grenade launchers and rocket launchers both need the same treatment. They need to be given way more ammo. I think all rocket launchers tomorrow should have, um, should have on them more ammo and maybe more damage, and two in the chamber. Uh, rocket launchers just suck in a huge way. And it's sad, too, because we all remember the Galahorn. And I'm going to make a theory and a prediction right now. They have rocket launchers bad on purpose, and they're going to stay bad because the Galahorn's coming next year in the Taken Queen. Uh, and then it'll be celebrated, and it'll be the era of uh, the Galahorn and an amazing, you know, an amazing rocket launcher again. Um, 
Gallahorn looms so large, maybe they just did that intentionally. Maybe it's it's ma- it's manufactured. You know, they've made rocket launchers basic garbage, and you know the the rocket launcher in the Last Wish raid is terrible. The rocket launcher in the new raid is basically a bad omens, but not quite as good. Or maybe it just kind of matches it, right? So. The rocket launchers could be, you know, Bungie likes to do things where they fill a vacancy that they create. They love to do that. They love to fill a vacancy that they create. So they make rocket launchers crap for a really long time, and we're using all these machine guns and linear fusion rifles and fusion rifles like the 1K, and all of a sudden, you know, in walks the Galahorn. You know, how you living, hotshot? I got wolf pack rounds. Like, there you go. Like, that, <laughs> that's probably what's happening. So I wouldn't hold your breath. If you hear me talking about, like, rockets being crap and grenade launchers being crap, rocket launchers are probably going to stay crap, uh, unfortunately. So. Then we'll have one good launcher. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that be silly? But I think that's what they're going to do. It overemphasizes the value of the Galahorn when it comes back. Steve Murphy, uh, why do you think the Sleeper and the 1K Voices are so good? Because they don't really have any legendary competitors. <laughs> right? <laughs> why do you think that new grenade launcher from the new raid is so good? It doesn't have a legendary competitor. Anyway, uh, Steve Murphy, is the bow a random drop or a mistake? It's supposed to be dropping. Seems to have a better chance of dropping when you're forging your powerful bow uh, we've had a lot of people say that's when they got it to drop that's not the only place it can drop but it does seem to be that's when a lot of people have gotten theirs now that could be just pure happenstance or it could be that they gave it a higher drop rate whenever you're forging the first bow uh, that, that, I mean, that could be something that's going on. I don't know. That's when I got mine, and we had a handful of people here this morning uh, that said that that was when they got theirs as well. So, and again, if you're seeing what I'm doing with the Thunderlord, you're seeing the exact parallel to what grenade launchers should feel like. This gun is viable, but I'm using it in a certain way. I have lots of ammo. I'm ducking, hiding, reloading, etc. Like, that is... That's literally what a grenade launcher should be. A grenade launcher should be the lots of ammo spread out DPS, you know, weapon. These don't go to the postmaster, so I'm going around and collecting them because there it is. There it is. There was enough on the floor. I knew it. I felt it in my bones. Primer combo. What's your wish list for Destiny 3? If the game was to have yet another disaster launch like D1 and D2, how do you think the community would react? That's not going to happen. I believe all the changes and things they did to Forsaken is the framework for Destiny 3 and probably even further and beyond. I believe that Destiny 2 is now a way for them to experiment and try things that they're going to do in Destiny 3, similar to what Division did. The end of Division was basically a beta test for Division 2, and I believe something very similar is happening right now. That is why Drip Feed, more updates, they're going to try and do updates like once a month. They're introducing new ideas like pinnacle weapons and, and different things. The reason they're doing that is these are these are experiments and ideas about value add that are going to aid them in the design uh, and in the framework for Destiny 3. Now, 
I don't have any inside information, but like that to me is just makes sense. Destiny as a game, like if you go back, go back and watch anybody's content, my content, I don't even know. I'm not familiar with Dado's content. I'd bet you dollars to donuts. The feedback that everybody was giving at the beginning of Destiny 1 was significantly different than the feedback that we gave at the end of Destiny 1. The value add, the improvements, the quality of life changes, the updates, Rise of Iron and Age of Triumph. I just don't think those value adds would have meant much to us at the beginning of Destiny 1. I think if you go back in time and you say, hey, we're so sorry about Destiny 1's you know, grind and how hard it was. Here's Destiny 2. I think a lot of people would have been like, thank you. You know, everything's a lot easier to grind and get, and, you know, I don't have to worry about random rolls or, you know, grinding for materials to use a weapon. Like, a lot of the a lot of the things that they did to Destiny 2 were answers to year one complaint. And so, the reason I'm making this point is because if they want Destiny 3 to feel like a smooth transition and really good value add and an exp- like an extender or expansion, sequel, whatever term you want to use to the Destiny franchise, it has to have like a value <coughs> a value synergy with Destiny 2. Destiny 2 didn't feel like Destiny 1. That's why there the lack of value synergy, it was like Why'd you change this? Well, we did this a couple years ago when you guys were complaining about that in D1. We made a, we, we did this and this and this when we were building Destiny 2. Sorry about the sneeze. I usually mute for that, but I just it, it took me by surprise. So uh, that's, that's what I think Destiny 2 is right now. Destiny 2 is a testing ground for Destiny 3. Everything they're building, these forge grinds... Oh, it's so it's not that good. It's not that substantive. Well, I mean that that's great. That feedback is very important because you're helping frame you're helping frame what happens in Destiny Three, right? That's why when day one they delivered the content, nobody could do anything, and we all complained and like dudes were rude to Paul Tassian. You know, shut up, man. You know, chill out. What the f? Blip blip blip. A bunch of unprofessional, you know, negative positive ninnies. Like they're positive to the point of being negative. Like. Now shut your frickin' mouth and have some respect for people and have a conversation, right? Shut your mouth and then open it, right? Some people need to be quiet before they can talk. And that's why that conversation was so important, though. I was like, look, and Bungie replied to my tweet. I was like, we didn't get forsaken by being positive. We got forsaken by being critical and pointing out flaws, right? You want to defend double primary and Destiny 2 year one crucible and you want, you want to go back in time and defend all that? You go right ahead. You be positive on a sinking ship. We're getting on a lifeboat and going to another ship. Like, you got to provide feedback. So when we're providing feedback on the forge, the grind, the perks, the random rolls, all of that, we're basically, we're basically giving them information for Destiny 3. And I can't wait to see comments on this on YouTube and be like, oh, we're basically beta testers then. Oh, for frick's sake. Are you having fun? Because I am. I'm enjoying the grind. Well, you complain a lot. I praise what is praiseworthy and criticize what needs to be criticized. I've done that since Destiny 1. And that's why I get called a whiner and a bungee shill at the same time. 
because small-minded people that can't interact in dialogue resort to name-calling. So, you can say I'm wrong per usual, you could say I'm a whiner, you can say I'm a bungee apologist. I don't give a frick. That's That's been my attitude about the game since the beginning. And I think that's why we got Forsaken, because the community that was faithful and leaned into feedback, stuck with the game, gave good feedback, went to Reddit, Twitter, forums, Twitch, YouTube, and said, this stinks, this is bad, this is, this is poor, we need to go back to this, we need this to be brought back, and we got Forsaken. And if we keep doing that, then the jump from Destiny 2 to Forsaken, we can have Destiny 3 feel like that same jump. Right? Please just use your super. Oh, you're right. I'm on Code of the Missile. I can get my super back really fast with Skull Fort. You're right. Sorry. Sorry. I've been I've been usually in here with hammers, and I just usually save hammers for the boss. But yeah, Code of the Missile with Skull Fort, I can get my super back a lot. So, Razor. Is it true that the, you can get the coup from Benedict Ingrams? Um, now, that I don't know. Getting the Midnight Coup from Benedict Ingrams, you can buy it from him when it's on its weekly rotation, and then you can, uh, but you have to run the raid that week, I think, if you're going to buy the Ingram. You can't just, like, walk up to him, like, thanks for the Midnight Coup. I think you have to get a completion if you want to buy whatever he's selling. Given that, I think he probably has stuff that you can't get out of the Ingrams, and the Midnight Coup is probably one of those things. Um... I never realized that Skullfort Code of the Missile would be so fun in here because you can basically just slam the ground infinitely and then get your super back really, really fast. So, to the person in chat that was like, for frick's sake, use your super, Lono. Usually backseat gaming is annoying, but you uh, you definitely pointed out a flaw in my, uh, my approach here. <laughs> uh, Awakened Void. I just made... I just made it through the first forge. I cannot buy any weapon frames to build in that forge. Do you think they should offer each? Yeah, I already answered this question, and I think we're probably going to get that change in the coming weeks. I think each week the forge guns shifted as a soft nudge from Bungie to be like, hey, go unlock the next forge. That's why each week has featured only the two uh, from it. Ruku, do you think we need some sort of currency so we could reroll raid weapons and maybe armor? Rerolling armor, yes. Weapons, no. That may be a reason to run the raid more than one to three times a week. Yeah, my raid, uh, my raid review uh, video. I said this. I thought this was such a perfect system in Wrath, an internal economy that rewards you beyond your first three runs each week. Was beautiful, and I want to do it again. Um, and it lets you, you know, run the raid each week. Now, another six, another thing they could do to kind of go inside, you know, alongside of what you're saying here is they could say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to say you get your powerful drops, your first three raid runs. After that, you don't get powerful drops. You get, uh, normal drops, but you get extra chances at the rolls on the weapons. Maybe a lower drop rate. Okay. Not a guaranteed drop rate. They could do that and then also give you a currency. If they do that and give you the currency to reroll armor, you wouldn't need the currency to reroll the guns because you'd be getting the guns. You'd be you'd be getting the uh, the guns more regularly, more chances. I like the pursuit of a roll on a gun. I don't like rerolling on guns. Rerolling on armor is fine, and here's why. Perks on armor are marginal, and it also just gives you that freedom to wear what you want to wear. Like, once you get a pair of gauntlets, like, 
what ends up happening is it's like Bungie, I have gauntlets with the perks I want, but I want to wear a full raid set. If you're not going to give me a raid set perk, then what, what? there's nothing benefit. You don't benefit by making me not wear it, right? So I would, I would say I'd be okay with the re-rolling on the armor. I love that in Wrath. Running Wrath, like the other thing I said they need to add is add a chest. Add a chest that can be unlocked with that currency as well. We use that currency in Wrath to make keys and then we unlock the extra chest. That'd be a great way to put more loot in there, you know? That'd be a great way to put more loot in there. Because right now, we're, you know, we're missing. That'd be more chances at armor, I guess, or the guns. Maybe the chest would have a high drop rate of the curated rolls, you know? But again, it'd be pricey to make the keys reward those hardcore grinders. Mac 2099, with the augmented bounties randomly dropping bounties that can give you Gambit, Dreaming City, and other destination augmented versions, should these be selectable from Ada? Yeah, I think it's fine. I think it it, it suits it kind of suits her theme and what she kind of brings. But I again, I do think um, I do think they could they could go a completely different route and say every every NPC has something like that, right? Every NPC has this this thing you can you get the bounty and then you grind for that gun. I, I, I'm telling you, man, that idea is a freaking home run. If I could go to the Drifter and buy a bounty for the Trust and keep doing that all week, that'd be really nice. That's an intentional grind, and it puts people in the lanes that Bungie wants us in. They want us playing the different game modes. If you combine that with my pinnacle weapon idea, where there should be a pinnacle version of the Trust that has a perk on it, like Onslaught or Trench Barrel that just makes it far and away a very unique and strong weapon. Man, oh man, what a great loot grind. And all they have to do is dream up one perk per archetype every season. It's one unique perk in every archetype per season, and you just throw in new guns. Have your art team make the guns look cool like you did with, with the Vorge, and then you can grind like crazy for the new power for the new digs. Uh, Apem. Your thoughts on the mountaintop and there being no new 5,500 reward. Um, I think the mountaintop ended up not being as bad as everybody thought it was going to be. I think grinding for it was probably pretty painful. The multi-kills with the grenade launcher, I think, was making some people want to poke their own eyes. Uh, so, kind of like the ones we had in D1. Yeah, yeah, you did bounties in D1 with the, with the gunsmith and you knew what gun you were getting. Yeah. I'm claiming a powerful reward from one of her rare bounties. And she gave me a powerful swift ride with full auto rangefinder and drop mag with handling. I don't know. I don't know. I think I've already got a really good roll on the swift ride. It reminds me of the Hawksaw. Reminds me of the Hawksaw. I feel like that that bounty should drop like a really good roll when it drops a gun. That'd be kind of cool. Um, so I don't have any thoughts about the lack of a 5,500 reward or the mountaintop. I, I don't know if you're going to get something every time for the 5,500 reward. Like every season's not about you, right? I mean, they did the breakneck, they did the loaded question and the mountaintop, and then the forge added weapons, the raid added weapons, the forge and the raid added armor sets. That's kind of like it. That was kind of the focus. Mac 2099, going with your idea for pinnacle weapons, I thought Nightfalls should only have weapons in the theme of the strike, not sparrows and ships. Agreed. Get them the frick out of there. Uh, that was just an easy value, like a thin, but a value add. I don't like the fact that there are ships and sparrows in Nightfalls either. 
Also, if they were to add pinnacle armor with something more than just enhanced perks, giving us something exciting. Do you see how easy this system is to create depth? Right? How easy is this? Every season, you add a pinnacle gauntlet perk, right? And that is on what it, where, wherever has the new armor. So when I'm grinding the raid, the new raid, there could be a... There could be... Thanks for the heads up to switch. There could be a, a pinnacle g- pair of gauntlets that drops, and, and they're just amazing, right? You could call it enhanced reloader. Increase reload speed with any weapon, any any kinetic weapon. Holy frick, let me get my hands on that, right? Um, you could do stuff like that. So then it would be pinnacle, it'd be it'd be it'd be masterworked. It would be clear, like, oh wow, if you get that, that's really awesome. And it, it would be just like the weapons. The random roll is there. The random roll motivates you. The random roll, I could hit the one down inside there. I wasn't even thinking. But then when you get the curated, you're like really, really excited. And all Bungie has to do every season is say, all right, there's a new pinnacle helmet perk, a new pinnacle gauntlet, chest, boots, and mark. They all have a new pinnacle perk. And if you get the curated roll, it's masterwork level 10 and it's got this new perk on it. And you're like, sweet, awesome, thank you. Another layer of grind that doesn't require them to create new concoctions and combinations of of this or that. It's literally just them saying... There, there, random rolls is still there. So if you want to go for, for, let's say you want to go for hand cannon reloader and heavy ammo finder, and that, that's good enough for you. You can still do that, and then you can wear the new armor, and it looks awesome, right? Slap a mod in it. Well, but if you want the curated roll with this new dope perk, you're gonna, you're gonna probably want to be play, playing the end game content a lot and hoping to get it to drop. You know, what if, what if the curated, what if the curated roll? What if the curated roll literally had every every enhanced loader on it? And you just had to go in and pick the one you wanted, right? And when you did it, locked it in. So it was kind of like a painful decision. You're like, oh, I get to pick between enhanced hand cannon, auto rifle, pulse. Ugh, what do I want? And you lock it in and that's it. And then you got to grind for another one if you want to be able to pick something else. Like That would be really cool too. Again, pinnacle armor... Pinnacle Armor could have very, very similar sort of unique power and strength and drive that makes you want to get it without breaking the game. Uh, I destroy stuff. With regards to a recent podcast, a comment was made regarding removal of light level and making it so weapons are upgraded from white rarity all the way through legendary exotic. This is 30 and so gaming's idea. Mike puts this idea out all the time. I personally don't like this system, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't agree with Mike on this one. Mike and I have disagreed with this idea for years. I do not like the idea of leveling gear up. I like the idea of when I'm low level, I'm getting crap. When you're low level Borderlands, it's just all crap. So just what they should do in Destiny 3, this is a completely new way of doing it. But... You can not even get legendaries or blues to drop until you're a certain level. It's just all whites, and every once in a while you get a green, and you're really excited about that, right? You're you're a popper. You're poor, right? You're a scrub. Hendrix Live, thank you for 11 months, dude. One more month to a year. Thank you so much for that resub. 
and then you start getting greens and so oh, they would get way more life out of all the crap the cannon fodder trash loot that we just we we just go through it at a breakneck speed and we just throw it in the garbage can they'd get way more mileage out of all that loot if you had to go if you had to wear a full blue set for a really long time that first legendary would be like it would feel like an exotic dropped you know it'd be pretty it'd be pretty exciting because that would really take the grind and stretch it out. Now, again, you'd have to worry, like, what about the casuals? What about the casuals? I don't know, man. I actually think that that system helps everybody enjoy their play session. Because even, even if a casual plays less than you, he's still getting drops and he's still getting stuff. He still feels like it, like it's really good. Now, again, the problem becomes when you stretch that out so long that getting to the meat of the game, the end game, right? We live in the end game. If the casual player never gets to the end game, right? You, I call that when you give a hardcore player a long grind that turns into a hamster wheel or a, it turns into a hamster wheel or like a treadmill for the more casual player. And that's why random roles and investing in having the perfect roles and the perfect setup is such a good system because that's organic extension of playtime. You don't have to chase the god roles, right? That's up to the player. That's up to the player's, you know, sentimentality. What's their affinity? What do they like to do? You know? So you got to be careful. Like, this idea is, is definitely one that, you know, as I say it, I know I'm like, well, this could become really problematic. For casuals, why do we have to care about the casuals? But again, Bungie's in a very unique position. They get to they get to make a game that satisfies both casuals and hardcore, and that gives their game a more broad appeal than games that end up like Monster Hunter and Warframe, where most of the people playing are niche, you know, strong, committed hardcore players. The game can be great. I think Warframe is a fantastic game, but nobody's playing warframe casually i mean if they are there's not a lot of them there's there's almost nobody playing warframe casual and that's not necessarily a mark against the game but it certainly limits the scope and size of your player base so mike's idea you know 30 and still gaming's idea of like getting a weapon and leveling all up the legendary the only way you would do that is you would basically know like okay this i just got the uh, I just got the little demon. This little demon is a white hand cannon. And then I changed the little demon into a demon. And then I changed the little demon into uh, twin devils. And then I changed it into the better devils. You're basically turning the weapon into like a, a miniature quest. Bungie would have to know the destination of the frame. Like you wouldn't be like, oh, I might get a, you know, I might get anything. Who knows what I'm gonna get, right? You know, it'd be cool to take the names and have them kind of be linked up. The little demon would be, you know, like a little teeny hand cannon. You take it to the gunsmith, it makes it a little bit bigger, right? Um, I'm not opposed to that, but that doesn't feel like destiny, right? That feels like a dressed up weapon crafting system to a certain extent. Um, why? I, I just, I don't know. The way that like random rolls, like any weapon dropping, it being really exciting is so cool. And I think a way to get more mileage out of the loot they build is just, again, making us use whites and greens and blues for way longer. Echo says, do you think the leveling system, white, green, blue loot could work for expansions like Black Armory? Uh, we could all drop 600 white, 610 green, 630 blues, and legendary is going up. Yeah, see, the only problem with that Echo is I, I, that feels strange given the infusion system and given that all that, all those, like, so you said, like, 630 blues. 
that's just infusion fodder. Like, what's the point, right? You just you just infuse it into your existing gear that you love. Now, maybe what you're getting at is, well, it would extend the it would extend the grind. You can't really get any of the purples to drop until you get until you get to a certain level, and that kind of makes the content last longer. Again, I worry if we if we swing too hard at changing the loot system, you run the risk of hurting the identity of the game, and then it just feels like a completely different game. And it feels like a completely different game. I just think that's when you lose people. They're like, well, this used to be a game where I could kind of just grind and get loot. Loot kind of dropped everywhere. Now I'm getting only greens and whites. What's going on? Like, if it has to be explained to people, then you'll you'll lose them, probably. Uh, next question from Saving Annihilator. I do like your idea with Pinnacle versus Exotics. Uh, do you think you might also... Uh, that might also help Bungie when crafting actual useful fun exotics, perhaps even let you evolve a curated roll weapon into an exotic version, like a curated um, NOB could evolve into a version where instead of exploding in lightning, it shoots out, oh, Nation of Beast, it shoots out chain lightning or something. Again, the the challenge you're going to run into with this saving annihilator is how strong how strong can you make a nation of beasts? Like, just get real creative. You said it shoots out chain lightning. Okay, it shoots out chain lightning and it makes an electrical field like an area of effect grenade and all the enemies in that area die. Okay, well, you didn't really do anything that a person with reasonable aim can do in roughly the same amount of time. You land your shots, you get your headshots, you got dragonfly on there. And everything dies. You kill everything maybe a split second faster than me, maybe a little bit faster than me. So is it going to be worth me doing that and putting away another exotic to get something that helps me kill trash ads a little bit faster? Do you see? That's just the ever-present problem with exotics that aren't heavy. The job of an the job of a of a of a kinetic weapon, the job of a of an energy weapon is the ceiling, the most efficient, the most efficient, the absolute best version of a kinetic, the absolute best version of an energy, okay? It, you you can only kill them so fast. They, they're instant. Like, unless you're going to go into the future and kill them before they spawn, like, you can't kill, you can't kill ads faster than instantaneous, which with a really good primary warden's law or something, once Rampage is proc, I mean, I'm bam, 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 I'm one-shotting every dadgum thing, reload, you got your, you got your breakneck. The real issue, I think, isn't making exotics that make you want to use them, it's, like I said, we need more breaknecks in the game. I just got that roll, that's so funny. We need more breaknecks in the game. I got Zen with Rampage and Flared and Stability. That's not bad, actually. You really, really want Feeding Frenzy on this beast, though. I want to try it with Zen Rampage, though. That might feel pretty nice. Zen on Go Figure always felt really nice. So, like, that's that's the issue. Is it's like if if you if you put more breaknecks in the game, right? If Nation of Beasts got your Chain Lightning idea. I feel cooler, but I don't necessarily feel more efficient, right? So when I use Trench Barrel or Onslaught on the Breakneck, I don't necessarily feel, like, largely more efficient. However, I I do need to start using the Breakneck more in this Forge because I do feel it's great, especially on Wave 2. I was just melting everything that was spawning, right? So I did feel a little bit more efficient. The real key is I felt really cool. 
When I run Ace of Spades with Chromatic Fire, I feel really cool, but I feel weaker. So I kind of like, eh. Do I really want to do this? Do I really want to... Do I really want to put this exotic on and feel weaker? Now, again, some people said if we had much stronger grenade launchers and rocket launchers that were legendary, or if we had legendary, like if 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 there was a, a clear and tangible way, like the machine guns again are helping with this, like the avalanche and the hammerhead feel feel worthy of use, right? I I, I still just don't know. I don't know if you're going to see people doing that. Oh, I'm going to use an exotic nation of beasts because it has chain lightning. So. When ads are the same across all enemy races, your choice of weapons dwindles. Right, Brutal Gear. And I brought up that when people were like, we need a new enemy race. We need a new enemy race. And I'm like, dude, what's the major difference between fighting Fallen and Hive? Do you feel any different? No. Do you have a different loadout? No. You do the same thing. So people are like, eh, we didn't get a new race. That's disappointing. It's like, does it bring any new shades of of combat to the game? No. You know? It hits you twice. Once because the fun gun is weaker than the one you were swapping in. And second, the fact that you have to weaken another slot. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Valiant. So we need more breaknecks. It was the EP shotgun, but that was too cool. No, Trench Barrel has been reined in properly. Trench Barrel is a completely fine perk now. Threat level and the EP shotgun are totally fine. Now, you know what we need? We need fusions to be brought up in damage and efficiency and a pinnacle perk on a fusion that makes it stupid godly. You want want to know the truth? The Merciless? The Merciless should be legendary. You Maybe lower the damage a little bit. Maybe lower the damage a little bit, but if the Merciless was legendary, if the Merciless was legendary, and you could get it to roll random, then people would use it. People would use it, because it would it would function, it would serve a purpose, it would ser- serve a role. It doesn't serve a role right now. Oh, we're supposed to go and do the Valunder Forge with, yeah, hang on, how many, how many, how many of these do I have? Yeah, see, we're going to get two from running the one that needs to be run. So let's go to Valunder. I forgot about the modulus modulus report report drought that I am presently in. A mini Merciless? Like, okay, I just, just picture this with me. Picture this with me. I want you to picture the breakneck in your mind, okay? Picture the breakneck in your mind. And I want you to picture Onslaught and see how strong Onslaught is and see how it's a static roll. It's basically like an exotic. Now I want you to picture the Merciless, okay? I want you to picture the Merciless in your mind and Conserve Momentum is a pinnacle perk and it's a legendary. And you can grind for this gun and it drops with random rolls. Right? It drops with random rolls. But when you get the pinnacle version, it rolls with, it rolls with that perk the conserve momentum perk okay now because it's a legendary and it added grind to the game you might actually use it onslaught is the future of the weapon system a pinnacle gun they didn't even really get the breakneck right okay what the breakneck should have been was a bounty like the one from ada where you keep buying the bounty from drifter and grinding gambit 
and the the breakneck could have dropped random rolled the whole time. You know, it'd have been it'd have been a nice auto rifle. It's basically a hazard of the cast. But then you have a chance at the curated, and when the curate drops, you you throw your controller in the air in celebration. You shout and scream because it comes with onslaught. That's the future of the weapon system. As I said in my rant earlier, that means every season, all Bungie has to do is say, what pinnacle perk are we giving to pulses this season? Sweet, do it. Here's a, here's a couple new pulses you can grind for. There's one in the energy, there's one in the, there's one in the kinetic slot. They get the same random roll treatment as all of them. So if you like the way that it looks and you just want to get a light mag rampage outlaw pulse rifle, you go for it. But the hardcore guy that wants that new perk, maybe just let, let's just say they put Desperado on it. Desperado is a nice perk for PVE especially, right? There you go. You're done with pulses, Bungie. Give, make them look cool, add a new perk. Do it with shotguns, do it with autos. Do it with all of them. Do it with all of them. Onslaught is the future of the weapon system. I truly believe that. That's where we need to go. Exotics aren't the key anymore. I really don't think so. The key is weapon grind centered around random rolls with pinnacle versions that make you feel cool and change the way that you play. That's the way the Monarch should have been. Poison Arrows should just be a pinnacle perk. And you should have been able to grind four legendary versions of the Monarch. T-Funk. Bungie chopped the balls off of exotics in year three of D1. Do you think Bungie should drop the whole exotic thing idea? You're getting at it. You're getting at it, T-Funk. I mean, people are going to be like, You can't do that, Lono. Why would you do that? Exotic armor makes sense. Exotic weapons are starting to make less and less sense the more they put them in the game. The more I look at the the more I look at Onslaught and the breakneck, the more I'm like, turn every exotic into a legendary pinnacle version, add random rolls to it, put it in some part of the game and let us grind for it. Seriously. Just for just a second, just a second, because you're first gonna be like, Lono, you're crazy. What the frick? You're talking crazy, Lono. Just put your hat back on for a second and think with me here. What if the Suros regime just dropped random rolls like a normal old auto rifle and then this was the curated roll and it was legendary? Well, what's wrong with that? Oh, but that would mean that what? People would actually use the Suros regime? Would that be the result? That sounds good to me. What about the Cerberus? What about any of these that nobody uses? Oh, PvP, Lono. Think of the children. PvP balance. That, that That's on the Crucible team. That's on the Crucible team to figure out. That's not my job. That's not the job of the community. The job of the community is to make demands of a better loot system. And that's a better loot system. I, I don't... Like, quit quit retreating to that Alamo when good ideas get thrown out. Oh, the, the, think of the children in Crucible, Lono. Oh, no. What will we do? That's what needs to happen to the weapon system. And people are going to be like, dude, you're nuts. That's a complete reworking of the system. We're going that way, dude. Trust me. Trust me. That's a way easier value add. That's a way easier content add for them. To add pinnacle versions of guns that have perks like Onslaught, that's way easier to do than add exotics. Because if not, you end up with exotics like the Monarch. A gun that doesn't feel exotic and probably should have been a legendary. Right? More trench barrel style perks, more, more onslaught style perks. I'm not saying no exotics. I'm just saying way less. Manly teddy bear. Do you have any ideas for a hypothetical unique perk to go with kill clip? Um, yeah, you could call it explosive kill clip. So like you, you reload the gun. You got to get, maybe, maybe you got to get two crits in a row, right? 
get two crits in a row and then you reload the gun and it's explosive kill clip the entire next clip is a kill clip there's no timer on it by the way maybe a timer but not a, not, a, not a short one maybe a little bit longer timer than kill clip and it's also explosive rounds it's just like bam 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 it's crazy right something like that would be cool I don't know like just just go crazy right just go crazy like burning clip right the, the next clip you know, has a timer on it and it shoots damage over time, you know, bullets. Oh man, that sounds great. That wouldn't be strong enough to justify you using it as an exotic, but that'd be pretty dadgum cool if it was a legendary. Like, bam, bam, bam. Reload really fast. Dope. Burning shot, burning shot, burning shot, burning shot. You're just lighting the enemies on fire. Jiminy frick, I would use that gun. And it'd be fun. It would be like when I switch between Skull Fort and One-Eyed Mask, or when I switch between Ophidia Spathe and and Shards of Galanor, or or Orpheus Rig. It would kind of have that element of like it's cool, it's different, I play different, it's strong, but it's not game breaking, right? It's cool, but it's not game breaking. That's the problem with a lot of exotics. So like, well, we can't break the game with this exotic weapon, so it's just basically a legendary in disguise, and so nobody uses it. Bamford. Do you think pinnacle weapons need to diversify and move away from each other than simply lowering TTK? They're cool, but they don't really do anything to change up people's play style. Well, I mean, when I use a breakneck, I do feel like I play differently. I do feel like I play differently. If you did something with Firefly or Dragonfly, I think people would play differently because if you, you know, if chaining headshots did something or if chaining critical damage did something, if you know, if getting crit shots on an enemy but leaving him alive did something, I don't know, like, you could do things that would change the way people played. Even if they don't dramatically change the way they play, I feel cool when I use a breakneck. I feel cool when I, uh, have feeding frenzy on my Warden's Law and Rampage with Rampage spec. Like, I feel dope. Reloading my gun really fast and chaining Rampage and using a 110 to just blister through and one-tap all these trash ads. Oh, there's a lot of shanks. No worries. Let me get out my gun with Feeding Frenzy. I don't need crits, right? Oh, I, I only need to proc kills to get Rampage to go up, and then when Rampage goes up, my gun shoots like a dadgum minigun, and it's got... You see what I'm saying? Like, guns are an extension of the player, and that's why yesterday when Brutal Gear and I were talking, like, it really hit, like, a a light bulb went off for me later on. Guns are an extension of you and your experience as well as your pursuits. When you get a really good roll on a gun, what do you want to do? You want to show it off to people. Why? Because everybody knows when you have a gun with a certain set of perks, it feels a certain way. It just feels saucy. It just feels good, right? And when a gun feels good, you want to use it, and the people around you want to get it. So it, it doesn't even have to, like if I got Desperado on a pulse, it number one, it wouldn't make me dramatically more efficient in PVE. It wouldn't change my playstyle that much, but it would feel so cool. It would, it would feel cool. Like when you run an exotic primary, you feel cool. Ace of Spades with Chromatic Fire feels cool. The Huckleberry feels cool. Like the Sweet Business feels cool, but it, it doesn't, it, they don't do anything. They're not strong enough. You're just like, eh, cool. Let me put it away and get out my Thunderlord. Let me put it away and get out my 1K voices. Let me put it away and get out my Sleeper, my Whisper, you know? 
So it, if if guns are an extension of you and curated roles, trench barrel, barrel stuffing with somebody with trench barrel, and 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 getting fast reloads and firefly and dragonfly and 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 getting onslaught to proc on your breakneck, that makes you feel cool. Then that's a worthy pursuit. That's a worthy pursuit. Because think about it. Think about it. It's not about making. And I, I said this before. The Midnight Coup is always going to be a great weapon. You can't make the Midnight Coup a bad weapon. It's not possible. There's a ceiling. There is a ceiling on how effective kinetic weapons are. Midnight Coup is at the ceiling. So you can't bring it down from the ceiling unless you nerf it. The problem is not something hitting the ceiling. The problem is where are the other guns that hit the ceiling? So if I can get, that's what the breakneck does, right? The breakneck hits a ceiling on kinetic efficiency. You feel godlike. It cuts through the it cuts through the competition. You feel dope, right? So you're like, well, you can use your breakneck, and I'm I'm gonna still use my midnight coup. Why would I chase a breakneck if I still have my midnight coup? I don't know. I feel awesome when I use it. If there's like a level of like picture with me level of weapons. So when you look at kinetic weapons, there is a feeding frenzy. Rampage Warden's Law, there's the Midnight Coup, there's the Breakneck, right? They're at the top of kinetic weapon efficiency. They're at the top, okay? The more weapons that are up there, a Pulse Rifle with Desperado in PvE would feel awesome, right? It's just saucy. So there's this, there's this, there's this top layer. Every season, the goal would be, put something up in that top layer in, in every archetype, and when you do that, right, when you do that, you motivate people to chase, not based on the fact that, oh, this is going to be so much better. This is going to be so much better than the Midnight Coup. No, it's not. It's going to basically do the same job as the Midnight Coup, but you're going to feel freaking awesome. That's the point. That's weapon diversity that allows you to grind and play according to your liking, and there's just always something new and fresh for you to chase and 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 have that awesome feel, you know? That's a that's a win for everybody, I think. Uh, the Heart's Bane. About a system similar to what's used for Nightfall for EP weapons to aid with raids but less effective. I'm at 26 clears and no 1k voices. I'd be okay with this, yes. I would be okay with this. The I believe uh, exotic that can only drop in a location like that, I, I have no problem with it checking and saying, oh, you've hit 10, 10 completions without a drop. We're going to bump your drop rate a little bit. Like... The drop rate of the item being eternally low, it just doesn't work because eventually people don't care about that raid. And when they don't care about that raid, you're really hurting those that continue to need to run it. So I have no problem with this. I don't believe this is casualification. It's just if you've if you've hit a certain number of of raid completions and still don't have the exotic, the drop rate should be should be, get get close to almost a guarantee. I have no problem with that. You paid your dues. You're running endgame content. You're running the raid. Here's your here's your one k. I that that that's fine with me, and I because I think that system is is a healthy is a healthy system. No problem with it at all. Big tip seventy eight. A bungee unnerfed box breathing and put that and fourth times a charm on a scout rifle. Would they be worth using? Listen, box breathing needs to be called something else and put on a scout rifle to turn it into basically how strong snipers are now. The 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 right roll on a scout rifle should feel the way that sniper rifles do now. Sniper rifles are crap. 
But think of the children, Lono. You're going to break PvP. I don't care. I'm like, if scout rifles are trash, nerf them individually against guardians in, in, in PvP. Stop telling me that weapons need to suck because if they if we make them good, they're going to break PvP. Like, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that discussion anymore. It's the Crucible team's job to balance. It's not the it's not the it's not the the weapon design team's job to to wear a muzzle and and to get buckled in and hamstrung. That that, that that's not their job. Hey man, we made this awesome weapon. Oh my gosh, dude, box breathing's insane. And the Crucible team's gonna be like, the frick are you doing, dude? Testing with TTK. This is two tapping people from across the map. Okay, we'll tweak it against guardians. Oh, okay, cool. Right? Like. It's real simple, right? I think it's more simple. I think crucible I think crucible weapon balance is a little bit more simple than a lot of people make it. Every weapon has a a perfect TTK. If you use the weapon properly, you can three tap, right? Like that's kind of the that's kind of the ideal TTK. You use this weapon right and you will uh, you'll get the best you'll get the best possible TTK, right? Great, sweet. So if you introduce a weapon like the scout that I just outlined, at its best, if you proc box breathing, the new version of box breathing, and then you take it into crucible, then it, it used in the best hands in the best possible way, you know, at three taps. You know? Murdering the entire weapon class archetype of the, at the expense of but the crucible balance is a joke. Right. It just it it's time to it's time to shed that as the excuse. Like I think you could make scout rifles like mini snipers. And that's when you'd be like, yeah, but is still anybody going to use a scout? Okay, I mean, the design of Destiny 2 with the agility and the speed of the combat doesn't really jive with a scout, right? It doesn't really jive with a scout. But, but if you could make a scout into how strong snipers feel right now, because snipers need a ridiculous buff in PvE anyway, you make them feel as strong as snipers do now, you might see somebody play drawn back. Like, okay, wait, so Sniper's got a buff, and this Sniper, I'm sorry, this Scout with this roll feels like Sniper's used to feel. Okay, I might actually I might actually run a distance build for certain places. Shattered Throne, the, the boss room, and the new raid. You know, Bungie could start to design content that doesn't let you, you know, barrel stuff everything you know you you you'd, you'd really start to feel like drawing back with bows and scouts might be viable that could work too i in general i just think that even something like a scout has a place in the game if you make it strong enough and there's a playstyle that can that can benefit from it and if crucible is going to keep being the problem then again you standardize the ttk on ranged weapons and you just make the weapon behave that way in the crucible and if people are like, oh, they turned the television, somebody turned the television on. I think. I thought I could see the words if I looked at it with this. Bows killed scouts? Oh, I mean. You have to use the hammerhead to read that? Anyway. Uh. Tin Man, what do you think about the idea of feeding two or more legendary weapons to the forge to get new rerolled version? Oh, like shove like shove two swift rides in to get another swift ride. Um You are reading it, you have to go outside the game to translate it. Oh, cool. 
Um, yeah, I don't think I'd be opposed to that. I mean, hey, just more reason to be in here grinding. Don't just break down your swift ride. Oh, I got two. I got another swift ride. Sweet. Now I can throw them both in. They're both crap rolls. I can throw them both in, and and then it'll spit out another swift ride. Um, I'd be okay with that. I don't. I don't think that would do any problems. Like the the potential rolls on those guns are good, but like, you know, a swift ride is actually like a really really strong pull. Like it feels really sa- it feels really sassy and crucible. I liked it. It made me feel like I had my hawksaw back. Um made me feel like I had my hawksaw back. So, the the equipping the player to, like, just get more loot by taking loot and dumping it back in, I'd be okay with that. Um, so, next question. Funk, do you think they should master, uh, do you think you should master work a weapon and turn it legendary? Do you think a way to make god tier weapons legendary will only increase the chasm between casuals and hardcore players? No. No. Uh, like, right now, right now, if you are, if you are playing the Forge, and you see me grinding for a, a, the, the role that I'm going for on the Pulse, I'm going for Feeding Frenzy Rampage, right? And then I'm gonna put Rampage spec on it if I can get that, right? To make it the best possible version of the Pulse I can. That and the breakneck and other weapons like that. There's no chasm between me and the casuals because they can do it too. It just takes time. You know? If, listen, the issue with casuals is never, it's never letting them get the god roll Imago easily. It's never letting them get the god roll pinnacle version of the shotgun or whatever easily. That's never the issue. Let them have access to the content. I have always argued for accessibility. This is why I argued for matchmaking on raids. When hard mode would come out, I was always like, oh, put put matchmaking in normal. Well, it would be a terrible experience. Well, if you have solutions for raiding now, you're not going to use it. So what's it matter to you? The people that could try it and use it might meet people that know what they're doing. And the more people that get exposed to raids, the better, right? Um... You know, that was always my mindset. And I had the, I have the very, very same mindset even now. Uh, even now I have that mindset of just get people in the content and let them decide what they want to chase. If they see that, 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 I've always said, you know, for a couple weeks now or about a week now, I've said when, you know, when Tuesday hits and reset happens, you should be able to basically pull the director up and like a big alert should say, there should be a big alert that says all NPCs, you know, weapon bounties have rotated. Be sure to check them all. I'm like, okay, cool. So I come here and hover over Devrim K and where it says services, packages, and rewards, it says, um, old fashioned bounty. Oh, neat. Okay. I love the old fashioned. I can grind for the old fashioned this week. All right. Let me check the other NPCs. Let me go here to, uh, Nessus. Nessus. I can get a, I can grind for a Uriel's gift this week. See what I'm saying? Now, the reason that's important is because that clues the casuals into the fact that there's all these cool things to grind for, and they can do it if they want to. And, and they have access to all of that. Make it so they have access to the forges. There's a, If there was a 600 power level, 625 and a 650, they have access, but they don't just get the stuff, Right? So when you do that, the, the casual player may go for an old-fashioned for his entire play session. And you know why my system works so well? He gets some old-fashions to drop. 
It's not like he grinds and he grinds and he grinds and he ends his play session and doesn't get an old fashioned. He might not get a god roll, but do you see how that staggers the that naturally and organically staggers engagements? He might look at the rolls and be like, you know what? This is good enough for me. I really wanted an outlaw rampage, but it's outlaw kill clip. I can live with that. It's a cool looking gun. It sounds fun. I'm going to use this. And then Lono's sitting over here in the 10th hour, just still going because he wants the God roll old fashioned, right? That's organic longevity. It's up to the player. He, he ends his play session and he may be frustrated, right? Oh, I didn't get the role that I wanted. But do you know why it works? It works because that little dopamine injection hits every time he sees the weapon drop. Every single time. Every single time. Oh, oh man. Let me see. Let me see. Oh. And trash rolls serve a good purpose here. Oh, my gosh. Look how bad this roll is. What a freaking joke. Right? Right now, what you have is casuals come to play. They do a milestone. They get a gun that they don't need. They don't level up. They get a prime engram that gives them an edge transit. Like, that's what they get. No intentionality, no reward. If you get the player base into the end game, if you get the player base into the place where they're like, I'm at the level where I can do the new stuff, try the new stuff, and I've got all these weapons that I can potentially chase, then you just, you just turn them loose on the game. You just turn them loose on the game. It's like, it doesn't matter if they have all the god rolls or not. They get something for their time. They end their play session and they got some old fashions. They end their gambit grind and they, they did a bunch of bounties and they got a couple of bygones. You know? That, I'm telling you, Ada Ada's format is, is, is the future for Destiny. If you look at Ada, she's the future for Destiny. Just scroll over her, and I want you to just picture this with me. Everybody everybody, scroll over Ada. I don't have it right now. Remember when she was blue? She had the clan, she had the reward, and it was blue, and it said powerful armor, okay? She has a powerful armor reward every week. She has a milestone that tells me what I'm getting, and she has bounties that I can buy that I grind and get an intentional drop. That is literally what the future of Destiny should be. Every NPC should be like that. Their milestone tells you what you're getting each week. Powerful gun or powerful armor, and you can rotate them. It doesn't always need to be the same. You know, shacks can rotate between guns and, and armor each week. So your powerful reward, again, you know what you're getting for your time. A little bit of smart RNG on those drops to help you out. So if you don't need a helmet, you know, you don't get a helmet. But if you really, really need boots, you may not get boots, right? You still want to have those moments of celebration. You might get gloves. Oh, it helped me out a little bit, but it would have been a lot better if I'd have gotten boots, right? I think those moments are still important to have. And so that that level of intentionality lands on every player in a healthy way. Intentionality is the key because if you don't have intentionality, you feel futile, you feel you've wasted your time, then the RPG format is completely short circuits and you don't play. The reason RPGs are so popular, the reason RPGs work well, do you wonder why mobile games have adopted so much RPG-isms in their game? You leveled up, you ranked up, you're a level 7, you're a level 8. Why? It gives you a sense of progress. I played this silly chintzy mobile game for an hour and I leveled up. Now you're invested. Well, next time I play, I can 
level up again. Now, you see, that's why they're so addicting, and, and Bungie's leveling system and grind system lacks intentionality so that that, that that little dopamine injection isn't happening. That's why the increase in prime engrams, the minute people heard that was happening, the player base numbers bounced back. They bounced back because people are like, oh, I can, uh, I can get more prime engrams to drop and they're going to give me bigger jumps. And a couple prime engrams drop from play session and then that play session, you end and you see your level going up. There you go. You end the play session feeling like you achieved something and you're going to come back for more when that happens. Milky. What would you think about allowing any legendary to upgrade to an exotic with various materials? The exotic would be the legendary's final form and it would include an intrinsic perk with stat increases. Again, my only pushback on this is what we know about exotics and I've already kind of touched on this, right? A kinetic and an energy weapon can only do something. It can only be so effective. You can only kill trash ads so fast. So I'm never going to want to turn a legendary into an exotic because then that limits my loadout. And the minute you limit my loadout, I feel I feel like that was a pointless endeavor. Why, why would I even bother leveling that up to exotic? I'm gonna, I won't be able to equip other exotics. And then when I do that, like the difference between the difference between the efficiency of the breakneck and the huckleberry is a perfect example. How fast and how cool you feel using a huckleberry is so similar to the breakneck that you're going to use the breakneck every time if that's kind of the style of gameplay that you like. If you like spraying bullets and kind of, you know, and get and, and going through really fast and doing stuff, well, then the breakneck gives you that feeling when killing trash ads and you don't have to limit your loadout. And if you use the Huckleberry, you do. So I just don't see anybody going the route of turning a legendary into an exotic because no matter how good you make that exotic kinetic, the, the, the ceiling of killing ads fastly has been reached. You know, inst- getting getting a good gun with Rampage and 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 um, and feeding frenzy and a Rampage extender. I mean, you're just you're killing you're killing the ads about as soon as you possibly can. Though, so, thank you for gifting a sub to uh, JJ Saxon. I appreciate that. Welcome, JJ Saxon. And I don't think you're going to get to the point where role, like weapons serve a different purpose in a different role. Valiant touched on that yesterday when he said the main thing we're always trying to do is maximizing DPS because killing trash ads is basically kept in check and done by virtually every kinetic in the game as long as it's a good role and, and it's in the hands of a smart player. The main the main pain point is DPS. How fast can I kill the boss? Right? We have we have we have the ability to kill you know majors and, and shields you know very very easily so everybody's always asking what you know what's going to give me my highest dps and the difference between legendaries and exotics is massive now that might mean again that we need to look at legendary you know heavies legendary power weapons to make them significantly better so when you put down your exotic power weapon you don't feel like you just completely nerfed your loadout because you have to put on some garbage grenade launcher or rocket launcher. Machine guns are helping, but the heavy slot needs more help. That's still an echo and a ripple, a negative ripple effect from double primary is what that is. Um, we Man, we're struggling here to get the roll we want. Quick draw slide shot alloy. But again, that's the beauty of this grind is that I can keep going, and that's the beauty of random rolls. You may think drop mag, quick draw, opening shot on this dead man walking is 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 fantastic. Um, you know, that's actually this is and range masterwork. 
This is actually a good roll. Does an opening shot glitch and proc on every bullet with full auto? I'm gonna keep that. I think I think opening shot is is glitched on those. Uh for now. Sergeant Galaxia. What are your thoughts on the allure of the forge based on preferred gameplay PvP player compared to a PvE player? I can't speak for the hardcore PvE, but as a PvP player, I love that I can grind for weapons that can have competitive roles in a consistent manner that doesn't have armor thrown in the mix. Oh, you just touched on something really good. I didn't even think about that. Tide Pot with the brand new Prime Sub. Welcome. Um, you just touched on something really interesting. The fact that armor is not in the mix. You just get the weapon. You're touching on something I just I just ranted about. Intentionality is so important. It's so, so important. If I'm going to go play Gambit or Crucible, same way with you, you know you're going to come run the Forge instead of Crucible, but you know you can grind for a competitive role on the, on the, the Pulse Rifle. You can get a good Blast Furnace, right? And you know that go-figure archetype with, with Feeding Frenzy and Rampage or Feeding Frenzy and Kill Clip, you know that's going to be strong on the Crucible, and that's a really intentional grind. If I'm going to go if I'm gonna go grind out Gambit and Crucible, and I have a similar bounty, right? I already said this, right? Drifter has a bounty for the Trust or the Bygones or the Parcel of Stardust, and I know I can grab that bounty infinitely that week and grind Gambit for chances at that weapons. You would see people go into pockets of the game they don't typically go into because they know they're like, I-, I love this weapon, I want this weapon, and then they go after it. I think that is, I mean, you're that's right on the money, man. You're right on the money. That's a, that's a good that's a good way of thinking about it. Is that you're not you don't have other weapons in the mix, kind of like cheesing it up. So, uh, Mr. PZ, why do you think they haven't done more about bringing in more of the Hive Gods? I've always thought the story with King's Fall and Crota was more interesting. I got news for you. I got news for you. You're, we're going back to the Dreadnought in September of next year. And I think we're going to battle with the likes of Savathun. She's ascended to the Hive Throne. I, that's, I don't know. If that doesn't happen, I'll be, I'll be so shocked. I'll be so shocked. So you'll get your wish soon enough. Put in work. Or Putin work. Uh, Putin work says, with the pulse rifle and the new forge being able to roll feeding frenzy and kill clip or rampage, I finally think Bungie is on the path to bigger and better weapons uh, as blast furnace is statistically better than go figure. Do you think next season's weapons should be an improvement over this weapons as well? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Before this Q&A session, I ranted and I raved about onslaught and trench barrel are the future for, for weapon rolls. For weapon rolls. If you put one of every weapon in Season of the Drifter, if there's a new pulse, if there's a new hand cannon, right? And it can roll random. So it looks cool, and you're like, well, I like Outlaw Rampage, but I'm, you know, I already have an Outlaw Rampage. If I get one, maybe I'll swap out and use that instead. But there's a pinnacle version to grind for with the perk at the level of Onslaught or Trench Barrel. So you're like, this is a whole new perk that makes the gun one of the, you know the absolute best of its kind right it's it's at the ceiling remember how we talked about the ceiling it's at the ceiling of how fast onslaught feels how you know how efficient it is how efficient you know a feeding frenzy rampage with rampage spec you know blast furnace feels well that now you're on to something because it's different it feels cool it's powerful it's unique and that's those are all the markers that kind of keep people you know, in the in in the lane of the grind. So yeah, 
Definitely. Manly Teddy Bear. I know this isn't so much on topic, but why was Ikelos nerfed? It's not like PVE ads were screaming it's too OP. It it wasn't staying in its it wasn't staying in its lane. It wasn't staying in its lane. Its lane is mid-tier enemies, shield busting, major popping, you know, major I'm sorry, shield popping, major busting. And it was basically a a DPS god. It was doing more damage than exotic power weapons. That's why. And the hierarchy of the weapons has to be kept in balance, because if not, then you run the risk of loot incentive getting totally short, short-circuited and disrupted. Why would I grind for any of these weapons? The Icolos wears three hats. It's great for, it's great for mid-tier uh, enemies. It's great for, uh, it's great for bosses. It's great for shielded enemies. It, it's, it's literally a universal weapon. Why would I use anything else? Right? That was the problem. Like, loot incentive gets damaged by weapons that are just stupidly strong. If I could hand you... Did we fail as soon as we got in here? I think we failed as soon as we got... Yep. It threw us in an in-progress forge where the guy was basically, I guess, by himself and failing. Okay. Uh... If I could hand you a hand cannon that shot out rockets and wolf pack rounds and destroyed everything, boom, 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 boom. The problem with that is you now have no reason to go for any other primary weapon in the game. Boom. Every ad's dead. Boom. Every ad's dead. Boom. Every ad's dead. Why would I use anything else? Oh, cool. You added a bunch of primary weapons. Well, they're not as good as this. So when a weapon rises outside of its lane and is that too, it's too universal. It's too strong. It has to be reined back in. The Ultra Duff Master. Hey, Lono. With the Destiny 3 rumors that did the rounds a while back stating that the game will be dipping more into the hardcore RPG elements, what would you personally like to see Destiny dip into? A lot of the things I've talked about, long, long loot incentive, accessibility to the content so everybody can play it but then long loot incentives so depending on your sentimentality as a player uh you can engage as much or as little as you'd like so i'm not going to go much further beyond that because it's it's so far out you know work within the existing system so our natural affinities as players like latch on to the new game right um juice box in my first question about the time it takes to unlock the forge what I was really getting at is as a casual the issue is that I don't feel unlocking both forges is worth six hours of my time when I can grind my power level instead at the are the forges worth the time investment or is it worth the grind I mean here's the question you have to ask yourself the forges have weapons in them that can roll with certain perk combinations and certain abilities. Do you want those guns? That's the question you have to ask. The raid has a shotgun in it, a kinetic shotgun in it with trench barrel, right? Is that something that you want? Do you want that? You do? Okay. Then you have to get together a team and go through the trouble and the, and the, and the pain of running the raid. It might be tough. You might be on a team that know what the frick they're doing, right? Uh, so, so, it, th- that's always the question you have to answer. If you don't, if you answer that question, no, then no, it's not worth it to you. 
the guy next to you may play just as much as you. He may consider himself a casual, and it's going to take him a while to unlock the forge. But he sees somebody with a feeding frenzy rampage pulse, and he loves it. He's like, that's a better version of my go figure, and it's pretty sexy looking too. I'm going after that, right? He's, he's, he's playing just as much as you, but his sentimentality determines his behavior. That's why I said, like, if you put all these loot incentives in the game, you just let people go after what, you know, what they like. If they really, really like the old fashioned, if they really, really like the bygones or the, you know, the trust or whatever, then they can go and grind for those guns. You may be like, dude, the amount of time it takes to do the bounty for the trust each week in Gambit, it takes too many games. You know, you turn it in every three games. That's too many games. I don't, I don't like, I don't like Gambit enough to do that. The guy next to you might be like, dude, I hate Gambit with a passion, but I want that, I want that God roll trust. I want that curated trust. You know, that's, that's when the game starts to bang on all cylinders for a lot of people, because then it's, then it's not about what's the best role. What's the meta. It's every gun's got a good version of itself. You just have to decide which one you want to go for. Galen for Prez. To build on what Lord Given's question, do you remember us being told that ships weren't going to be strictly cosmetic anymore? Obviously they still are, but what do you think they could do uh, do more than just show? Um, I don't remember when they said that they weren't going to be purely cosmetic anymore. I mean, it changes your transmat effects. I mean, sparrows definitely have perks on them. Um, you know, sparrows have you... You know, your guns are getting reloaded and, and different things like that. I mean, sparrows are used in a raid encounter. I don't remember them saying ships won't be purely cosmetic anymore. And if you want my honest opinion, I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, no offense, but like who in the frick cares about ships in Destiny? I mean, sure, it's a loot pursuit. Sure, it's something. But I mean, I don't what what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with the ship? It. it it's a it's just another marker of identity in the game for you to say here's something I went and did you know here and they're in the eververse too that's part of the problem like if ships drop from you know really cool grinds like like the one you could get from Zavala when you got him to level 50 right that was a mark of investment I I had I, I bought it day one people were like how'd you do that and I was like oh it was real simple I was grinding nightfalls last season for a DFA and a duty bound and I got so many of the uh, I got so many of the tokens I could just buy it day one so it was sort of a, a picture of my grind from the last season Dune Gunner what do you think of Pinnacle Perk called Explosive Mag when reloading you toss the magazine in front of you and it slides bounces a certain distance and explodes also gains bonus damage if there are rounds left in the mag while reloading I mean sounds like you play Borderlands and you really liked TDOers and the Baby Maker uh, I, <laughs> I, the thing is, is Bungie, I don't think Bungie is going to go the, the route of perks like that, but I like explosive mag could be something like every, every crit landed, every crit landed on, on with, you know, with this pulse adds a, adds an explosive bullet to the next mag. Okay. So obviously that means you want to empty the mag. It's it's kind of it's going to change the way you play, right? It's every time I get it, and there could be a little counter over there in the corner. I've got 40 bullets right now in the mag, right? Every time I land a crit, it puts an explosive bullet in the next one, right? And so I look over there and I'm like, yeah, 20, ooh, 27, yeah, reload it. 
and then the like it's like when you would reload in Gears of War and you would reload and you'd get the hot reload and the front half of the mag would be kind of glowing, you know? Well, it was an incentive to not reload that often. If you were going to do that, you wanted to empty the mag and then reload the whole mag with the strongest possible, you know, amount. So that would be cool. And then that entire mag would be explosive. Can you imagine a pulse rifle like that? That'd be freaking ridiculous. Now, obviously, you'd have to put a timer on it. You have to put a timer on it to make it somewhat balanced. But loading my, you know, loading 20 to 30 of the, ne- you know, of the of the bullets in the next mag and having them all be explosive would be amazing. Now, someone might say, why would I use that over just a, a good a good feeding frenzy a good feeding frenzy rampage roll, right? It's more it's more influential. I don't know if they did it right and you were able to get feeding frenzy and an explosive mag, you know, overcharge mag or whatever you want to call it. If you're able to do that, then I would imagine, you know, people would do it just because of the freedom. It's another it's another again, do you feel cool doing it? Like you feel cool when you use the onslaught, you know what I mean? That that's really that's really just what it's always going to keep coming down to is do you feel cool using it? I feel cool using the onslaught. Therefore, the onslaught you know onslaught in my uh, onslaught on my my breakneck makes me use it, even though it may not be the absolute most effective primary. It feels cool. DJ May eighty eight. Do you believe they should or will bring uh, more planets to the game? Yes, I think they're going to bring back the old planets and the old raids with the annual pass next year that goes twenty nineteen uh, into twenty twenty. Uh, Octokey. What are the patches for the new fourth playable race? What are your pitches for a fourth new playable race? Maybe Destiny three. I don't have a pitch for this. I don't think we need it. Uh, ben Benador. What possible changes could they make in D three to keep PVE and PVP balance separate? Just continue to dig in on the idea of perks that just get more footing in PvE and perks that get more footing in PvP. Um, it's like the difference between Kill Clip and Rampage, but go further than that, right? And then really get yourself to a position where you can you can hone in a gun's TTK, right? And say, this gun's maximum TTK, like the fastest it can kill somebody in the best hands with the perks proccing in the best way is this many seconds. And if it goes if it goes faster than that, because of people that you know figured something out or you made it really crazy in PVE and it actually breaks PVP, then hone it in. Adjust guns in PVP separately. Like if you don't do that, then you're you're not going to be able to add you're not going to be able to add perks without always having that lurching over your shoulder as like, hey, you just uh, you just messed up, you know. So. Uh, Nurgle, following on from the suggestion earlier this morning, pinnacle heavy weapons, uh, like a pinnacle rocket launcher, heavy grenade launcher, machine gun, would free up the other two slots as the only pinnacle weapons we have are primary special. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you're leaning into one side of the problem, right? So, the problem right now of exotics is the minute you take off an exotic heavy, you feel real, real weak because the legendary heavies suck. Grenade launchers, rocket launchers, and swords are terrible, and a good crooked fang is only contextually effective. Like, it's got to be the right environment to really get its footing. Um, So, I would say, yes, we need pinnacle rocket launcher, grenade launcher that's far and away, like, 
better than the existing rocket launchers and grenade launchers in the game. Now, I still think a blanket buff needs to happen for grenade launchers with respect to they just have they need to have way more ammo. Grenade launchers are like machine guns, right? They get less damage but it, it, and it's stretched out over time. And that's the beauty of a machine gun. It's like, yeah, it's less damage. You just kind of spread it over time and you have tons of ammo. Grenade launchers could feel very similar where you might even use them on a group like that. Take two shots, chunk, chunk, get them. And then you know you've got enough left over that you didn't just completely, you know, nerf how much power ammo you had. Or if you just want to dump every single one into the boss, you've got enough damage, you know, and, and grenades to do that. And you throw yourself on a rally barricade with spike nades and you have the recipe for a pretty strong heavy that again would empower you to be like, you know what? I don't have to carry an exotic. This this legendary heavy is, is good enough to get the job done. I don't feel super weak. Kind of like when you use a hammerhead or an avalanche machine gun right now, you feel like, you know what? I can make this work and now I can use an exotic, you know, alongside of here. Exotics in general that are kinetic and energy need work, but that would at least help. Dr. Richto Fanks, do you think Leviathan should drop more powerful gear? No. Uh, you can't always take the content and 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 bring it forward. Eventually, the content has its own area that it lives. I I now listen, when they did Age of Triumph and we went back to all the old raids and they had new cool gear and new ornaments and stuff, that was fine cuz that was like obviously very nostalgic and exciting and it was fun to you know, wield a fate bringer again, like an actual arc burn fate bringer, not a not a fake bringer, but a fate bringer. You know, um, so they could do something similar to that. You know, and there there's obviously potential since they changed the weapon system, right? There's potential to say all Leviathan gear now rolls random. Okay, but. Here's the reason it doesn't need to drop powerful drops, okay? The reason it doesn't need to drop powerful drops is the only people who would do it are the hardcore players, and they level up really fast anyway. Once we're all leveled up, the issue is loot, not level. So turning Leviathan into basically just like a, yeah, hey, come run it and get power, the power grind is just not really... In my mind, if they make the power grind more streamlined anyway, more intentional, you wouldn't even ask this question. You wouldn't be like, oh, they need to make the... They need to make the drops in Leviathan powerful. You wouldn't think that. Now, you might think, hey, it'd be cool if uh, Leviathan drops got the random roll treatment and the and the mod treatment. I mean, they could do that in another annual pass or something. Um, that could be something that they do. But that doesn't... I don't think... I can't believe neither of those guys died from that, that ground pound. Crazy. Um, so... Uh... Chapel or Chappelle. What are your thoughts on bringing old perk trees back on the classes? Uh, not really needed. I think the attunement system works. Each attunement has like an identity and a play style. I don't think we need to bring them back. Uh, for for Gasa Virgo. Hey, Lona, I've been around since D1 Alpha, and I was wondering if Bungie should update all the old raids and have them as powerful gear, make leveling easier. Again, I already addressed the the powering through old raids not being necessary if they stream if they streamline leveling. If we get our wish and they streamline leveling, then that's not a pain point anymore. You don't need raids to be a source of power. But I think the 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 second annual pass, the annual pass that will start in December of 2019 and take us into 2020, I believe that will take us back to old locations and old raids. Theory, total theory, I have nothing to base that off of. Um, but that's, 
I think that's an easy win. Um, that would make the last annual pass way more substantive and nostalgic and a great, and a great, great send-off for Destiny 2 into Destiny 3, kind of like how Age of Triumph was. So. Bamford, do you think a good solution to the whole exotic versus legendary debate is to simply let us equip a heavy uh, and a kinetic exotic together? It wouldn't make us too OP since exotic kinetics aren't too powerful anyway. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to want to start rewriting rules though, because again, that coming up, basically saying, okay, we've learned through experimentation and we've learned through weapon usage that like exotic kinetics don't get any use. Um, and so we're going to do, we're going to reclassify some weapons, make them roll random, and then this is the pinnacle, this is the pinnacle version, right? Because you could argue that Onslaught on the Breakneck is basically an exotic perk when you compare it to a lot of the exotic perks. Like, Graviton forfeits, you know, Graviton's, is it Graviton for, no, Graviton Lance. Graviton Lance, like, the perk on Graviton Lance is, is kind of Bush League if you compare it to Breakneck's Onslaught. <laughs> it's just, just kind of Bush League. So if that suddenly became a legendary weapon, I think it would make sense in the, in the in the power structure and hierarchy of the game right now. Because Graviton Lance is garbage compared to other primaries. But if it was a legendary, you might consider using it. It would be fun. It'd be you would feel cool. You would especially feel cool in void burn environments. T Funk, do you think guardians are becoming too strong or enemies too weak? No, I don't think we're too strong. I don't think we're too strong. I think with the right mechanics and, again, the right power structure, like, again, if the Forges went up to 650, I don't think you would feel this way. And the pain point in the raid, if you feel too strong when you're running raids and stuff like that, you need to remember that you're in the minority and most most Guardians don't feel like they can go into a raid and knock it out in an hour. Uh, Shane backs. Could they just drop the restriction on equipping multiple exotic weapons? Uh, a bit antiquated now. Trench Barrel saw to that. Yeah, you guys are really driving that one home. Maybe they could just say, hey, you can equip two exotics now. Have fun. And then all the Crucible guys would throw their hands up and pull their hair out. And then we might just have to say, you can't equip two exotics in PvP, but you can in PvE. I don't know. Uh, Dr. Uh, Rick Dofanks. Do you think Destiny should implement a crafting system? No. Crafting does not belong in this game. Doesn't fit the identity. Uh, T-Funk from Prudal Gear. Lono, I'm starting to think the weapon diversity problem is not a problem with the weapons. It's a problem with the enemy diversity. What a go- what good is a weapon diversity if all the weapons are the same? Example, if Kapal have energy shields but steel plating, now bows have an intrinsic that hits between the armor. Uh, poison bow would be the most efficient against Cabal, but also useless against Fallen. See... This is something I touched on when I was on... Back then, it was the Planet Destiny podcast. Now it's DCP. But the first time I was on that uh, that podcast, I said that it'd be really cool. And this is the first time I sort of espoused contextual power. I didn't call it contextual power. But I said, what if the armor and the weapons that you got on a given planet did more or less damage because those enemies were seen as being susceptible, um, susceptible to those damage types? Right, so then you'd have a reason to get full sets of armor and full and different gun types from all the different planets. You're touching on this here too, right? So you could have auto rifles, SMGs, high rate of fire weapons that do a burning effect, like a melting effect, like an acid, kind of like the green acid in Borderlands that you use on robots. And then that would be really, really great in environments where you go where there's lots of cabal. Right, and so you want to melt their armor. You want to feel stronger against them. Um, 
So I think you're I think you're getting at it that that is part of the problem too. I don't know if there's if there's if that's a reasonable up, update to the game. I don't know if that's a reasonable update. That's that's too involved. I think a lot of what I'm saying is just adding really cool perks to make you feel cooler and that's enough to keep people playing and chasing. Uh Valduvia, should Bungie add a second perk to Curse of Osiris weapons? I mean, maybe if the old weapons get brought forward with random rolls and the new perk system and mod system, and then you use the bounty system from Ada so that you could be grinding one weapon per week from Brother Vance and Gambit and Shaxx and everybody has that one weapon bounty, then you could chase it. I think that'd be a lot of uh, personalization and intentionality for the gun that you like, how it feels, and the perk combinations it can get, and then you add that pinnacle roll with that unique perk, right? That'd be cool, too. What would you think if the enhanced perks on armor were not random, but instead we're having the perk enabled or using it? For example, hand cannon reloader becomes enhanced. I like it. I like it. I think that's a good idea. Do it. You know, more intentionality about the perks you have over time. You're, you know, you're investing, you're investing in the gun. Um, this and the ability to infuse a perk into another gun, either or I'm sorry, armor. I'd be, I'd be good either way. I'd be good either way. I think that would give that player intentionality in your build. Is Perfect Paradox shotgun worth a grind? I'm looking for a good kinetic shotgun. If you want a good kinetic shotgun and you don't have one, sure. Um, the kinetic shotgun in the raid is better better because of trench barrel and you can add a mod to it. Um, Parcel of Stardust is also very good with the right roll and you can put a mod on it, but you don't have an intentional grind um, for either. Parcel's even harder to grind for, honestly. Um, because you just don't have any clue when it's going to drop. At least in the raid, you know. I do this three times, I have a chance. Dust Rock Blues sector farm is easy, but the Dust Rock Blues typically is seen as a gun that's better suited for PvP because of the fire rate. Even the best PvE version of the Dust Rock Blues isn't that great in PvE. I would say the Perfect Paradox out of the box is better than the best PvE Dust Rock. Uh... For Gasa Virgo, do you think a system in which we could craft armor through Saladin or someone uh, and it would look like one of three styles with random perks would help with the armor functionality? I just don't want crafting to come to the game. I don't think it be- I don't I just don't think it belongs in Destiny. Uh, Ghost Stalker. Sorry I'm late and this has been answered already, but the monarch itself, uh, thoughts on the monarch itself and it not being a quest. It's weak. It should be a legendary. The poison arrow perk should just be a pinnacle perk on a pinnacle rolled version of the bow, and you could have grinded for different rolls on that bow uh, to give people intentionality in the chase and to make the weapon one that people will actually use. People aren't going to use it because it's exotic. Arctic Spartan. Do you think reworking Ada's to daily, uh, week weeklies bounty? I don't know what you mean. Oh, sorry. Accidentally clicked enter. Do you think reworking Ada's do dailies weekly bounty so that it involves using forge weapon or something else? I just dislike getting locked out of ballistics logs until the next day. That's fine. Uh, I actually think it's fine that way. When they extend the grind that way, that's that's not terrible. You just have to come back the next day and do it. They want you logging in uh, daily and weekly. Uh, Mr. Cartoon 8. Do you think a good perk for an SMG would be that the closer you get the enemy, you deal more damage? Yeah. Yeah, you could call it Danger Close or something like that. That'd be really cool. Uh, I still think SMGs need to be reclassified as energy weapons, and you cut their ammo in half and give them a crazy, crazy damage buff in PVE, and then you can get good rolls on them like Genesis and others that could turn them into really, really good shotgun replacers. Because um, you'd rip through the ammo fast, but they would serve that same close range, you know, shield popper, you know, major buster role. Bower Socks, since the topic of augmented armor appearance keeps coming up, what would you think about either special perks if you have a full set of matching armor 
or even exotic armor sets so the full set matches with the special perk that only comes from a full set rather than just one piece of the set. You guys are writing like book recommendations. Some of these questions are a little bit harder to answer because this is basically just you putting forth like a fleshed out idea that it's tough for me to visualize um, what you're saying here. You think, e- you think either special perks if you have a full set of matching armor or even exotic armor sets so the full set matches with a special perk that only comes from the full set. Um, I, I want. I think full sets from certain activities with, int- with perks would be fine. A full exotic set where the perk only activates once you have the full exotic set is probably too limiting and not fitting in this game's identity. Um, you're touching on something that's needed. So whether or not your solution is a good one or thought out all the way, you know, to where it would be able to be executed on, it's still a, it's still a getting at a good idea. You know, it's, you're still getting at a good idea. And the idea is wearing wearing armor, you know, and having it paired up would give you perks and synergies. Uh, Fergasa Virgo, do you feel like bringing back older areas via DLC would bring bring a lot of playtime? Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Because public events, lost sectors, and adventures could be injected and added to all the old planets. And I know console might not let this happen. Um, so, but that would be a way to make those areas matter. And if you have NPCs on those planets and you do everything I talked about with each NPC has a, you know, a gun bounty a week like Ada does... I think you'd get a lot of playtime out of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. You better believe it. If I could grind, if I could grind the, you know, the Cosmodrome for a Lord High Fixer, I would do it. And so would you. If I could grind the moon for an Occam's Razor, I don't care. I don't care if it would probably just match an existing, like, there'd be a pinnacle version of an Occam's Razor with Trench Barrel. I would go for it. I would go for it. 100%. Dr. Richto, thanks. Not a question. Watching your streams inspires me to want to be a streamer, so I want to say thanks. You're welcome. It's a, it's like watching somebody perform a, a song and wanting to become a singer or watching somebody act in a TV show or a movie and wanting to become an actor. It's ridiculously difficult. Almost nobody becomes a professional. And even those of us that are at a professional level, like this is what we do for a living, it's incredibly hard to stay relevant and to uh, stay diversified. So, good luck. Last question. How can they fix bows in the current game? Um, Bows are awesome, but they need way better perks. That's why Poison Arrows should have been a legendary pinnacle perk. Uh, And you can do the same thing with other bows. Give them a legendary pinnacle perk. uh, Curate the roll. Because Archer's Tempo and Rampage is awesome. Dragonfly is awesome. And those are usable versions of bows. But if you had a pinnacle version... If you had a pinnacle version, I could see people actually uh, caring about bows and grinding for bows. And I hate Cyclopses. So, I'm going to continue streaming. Don't go anywhere. The Q&A is going to be ending. I have some other things I want to talk to you guys about. So, don't go anywhere. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live. I'm probably live right now when you're listening to this. So, come and hang out with us. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you listening or watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.